Good evening to all the undead ghouls and monsters. We are your horror hosts for tonight's Last Rites. My name is Brandon Brown, and always with me is my co-host... Olin Hernandez. And tonight we are bringing you exorcism movies and The Exorcist. So this is basically a list that we've compiled of movies that have to do with exorcisms in them. And then also the actual exorcist series. Um, hey, there's my first one. <laughs> uh, the uh, exorcist also spun off a TV series. Uh, there is a, a additional movie that uh, spun off a TV series that we'll talk about. And there's also a comic book uh, that Olin will talk to us about, and that also spun off a TV series, which I'll talk about. Um, as for he read this comic series, and I watched the TV, uh, just the first season, uh, which is a two-season part. But we'll get to that later. And, uh, yeah, so we'll have to get underway then. So um, I guess if we went in chronological order... Um, it started with The Exorcist, uh, 1973. That's right. <coughs> you said that you were reading the book, too, weren't you? Yeah, I started reading the book uh, on PDF. Uh, pretty easy to find on the internet. Uh, pretty much uh, frame by frame to, uh, to the movie. Very, very similar, word by word, almost. Yeah, I was going to ask how that, how that uh, played out, um, if it was very close to the book or if it was just completely off. I've only read like a third of it so far, but so far it's pretty much the same thing. Nice. Very true adaptation. Yeah, yeah. How do they, uh, how do they perceive uh, Reagan as the little girl who was possessed, um, played by Linda Blair? Um, in the novelization, uh, or the novel, rather, um, she's pretty much uh, the same. Just like they, they do a lot of emphasis on uh, the nature of her, uh, uh, the closeness to, to her closeness to nature and how uh, pure, like a, a sign of purity and how innocent she is. And, uh, a lot of, a lot of it is, is symbolized by, uh, her affinity to animals. And she's, she's really, um, good with, uh, uh the innocence of, uh, of an animal and, and how she relates to nature in, in general. Which I think Linda Blair also uh, portrays very well. Nice. So this uh, series, The Exorcist, actually spun off um, a multiple uh, amount of uh, sequels, uh, both um, as in sequels and prequels. And then it also spun off uh, a television series back in 2016 on Fox, which only had two seasons. Um, but like I said, as, as we were going in order here, we'll start with just the Exorcist series. Uh, the first one came out in 73, and then we have The Exorcist 2, uh, titled The Heretic, which came out in 77. Um, I just recently watched this, and it just it didn't really grab me. I didn't, it, I didn't really like it too much. Um, I understood kind of the story that they were going with, which was kind of unique, I guess, for 1977. But watching it uh, as today, it just, it really was kind of, it seemed like a filler movie. It's like they like said, uh, oh, well, we have the expenses for a sequel, so let's 
throw this together and, and then put it out. At least that's that's how I felt. Wh- uh, what do you think? Yeah, it's no surprise that uh, the original team uh, was not on board in, uh, for this uh, second installment, right? The director of the first one, William Friedkin, won nothing to do with it. Uh, Ellen Bernstein was out. She did not want to reprise her role. And uh, the writer himself of the novels, uh, William Peter Blatty, wanted nothing to do with the sequel either. The wow. only one that uh, uh, came on board uh, was uh, Linda Blair. Well, that's kind of, to me, that speaks volumes, that the it was either such a poor story that nobody wanted anything to do with it or to be attached to it. And, you know, obviously her being a young person wanting to get as much, I guess, fame as possible, yeah. you know, thought, well, if I'm in the sequel, you know, at least I'll still be relevant. I, I don't, I mean, I can't speak for her, but that's how I see it. Yeah, the reception uh, from uh, accounts that I've read, uh, people were laughing in the theater, uh, did not take it seriously. Uh, it was just uh, a shit show from the beginning. Uh, they actually attempted uh, uh, re-release uh, uh, after the initial re- uh, release of the movie, uh, and uh, they wanted to do like a re-edit to like make it better before more people uh, would watch it, and then pull out that. Uh, that initial edit and, and uh, release the, the second edit, but by <coughs> then, uh, word of mouth had already gotten out, and, uh, and people just were not, um, were not cool with it. Yeah, I mean, obviously they had a lot of um, uh, what's what would be the word for it, like ho- some kind of holdback, like a technical issue because of the overlapping that it, you can see like how it looked like they were overlapping you know the film so they were showing you know the actual film that they were so the the, the priest uh, who was the priest for the movie and then Linda Blair's character were in a room and they're doing this trance thing with uh, this this machine that spins that they're like staring at uh, yeah uh, it was called uh, the hypnosis synchronizer which was Syn- yeah the synchronizer that's it, it, w- it looks so goofy uh, it looked like something they put together with parts from like circuit city <laughs> or something yeah it totally looked la- like last minute they're like man we need to have something that like ties this movie together and uh, uh let's let's quickly make something um yeah yeah a uh, father uh, Philip Lamont, played by Richard Burton, who apparently was a very famous actor way yeah, back yeah. when. Yeah, he uh, Richard Burton is, is an awesome actor, um, but it was seemed like he was maybe on hard times to to go on, or maybe he thought he was going to make this film something, you know, uh, like Max uh, Max Sydow, um, but it just <laughs> I don't know. What I heard was uh, he was going through a divorce at the time. Uh, Probably just needed something to preoccupy himself. He just probably just needed the money. <laughs> yeah. So as I was saying, the um, uh, so the they're both in a room and and they're basically in this like uh, hip, hypnotic trance um, to to relive um, Reagan's exorcism. It seemed like um, you know going back and and trying to find out you know what really happened and what caused you know the the one father to to have the heart attack and um you know and look for answers basically but like as as they were doing that you can see um like ghost stills of of the first exorcism movie or maybe it was uh, uh it could have been re-recordings of of those scenes but you know since she's a little bit older they they kind of had a heavy up the makeup um 
but the, it, from what I could tell, it looked like they were overlapping um, the films um, because you know the technology wasn't there yet. Uh, so it just it was really weird uh, just seeing that, um, like how they're trying to um, force that that imagery uh, onto you. Yeah, Linda Blair actually uh, uh, refused to do the hours <coughs> and hours of makeup that it took for the first film, and uh, they had uh, somebody else actually do the monster version of uh, Reagan, uh, the possessed version. And in this one, in this second one, it was really weird because the way they explain it is that uh, there was a, a, a bunch of uh, possessions of like people who were able to actually uh, revert the possession and do uh, good things like healing things. And, and uh, she, Reagan, was one of these people who uh, were able to uh, have like these uh, supernatural powers uh, that uh, negated <laughs> the demon uh, uh, Pazuzu and, and things like that. But it just, I don't know, it, it was a good idea. It just, the, the execution, I just did not, it didn't convince me. Yeah, that, that seems like a reach. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah, uh, you had uh, characters like uh, Dr. Gene Tuscan who w were in there, and I didn't understand exactly why. Um, oh, man. She was just sort of there for no reason. Yeah, like they were just screaming the person, like that person's name, like, Gene. Yeah. And it was just like so irritating. Oh, man. Uh Sharon comes back. Uh, she was the assistant. Uh, her, her her mother, um, her mother's assistant, um, Chris McNeil's assistant. Uh, she comes back for some reason, and all all that happens is that she gets hurt by the demon at the end. If you remember, she gets burned. Yeah, yeah. And uh, th that was the only reason th th they brought back this character. Um, uh, we did have uh, an appearance by James Earl Jones, who plays a, a character named Kokuma which uh, in the beginning uh, starts off as like some sort of witch doctor that's dressed like a locust or something. Uh, but then it's um, revealed that he's uh, an insect researcher and he's the one that gives you the whole explanation about the locusts and how there's locusts who uh, are actually like good lo locusts who, who combat the bad locusts. And, and that was the, the relationship that uh, uh, Reagan was supposed to be one of these good locusts that battles the bad locusts. That's weird symbolism. And uh, yeah, <laughs> to and use. This was 1977, so that was the same year that um, Star Wars was released. And so when I when I saw um, the James Earl Jones character, he delivers his lines exactly like Darth Vader, and he <laughs> it sort of took me out of the movie because I was just I could not stop hearing Darth Vader yeah. in a weird Exorcist movie. You know, <laughs> it was the same year. Yeah, that's funny. Um, yeah, we spent a lot of time on that one. Um, so yeah, that was just, I don't know. It was not a, I personally did not like it and you know, I, and yeah, it just wasn't it. It wasn't good for me. So they came out with a uh, third movie, uh, quite a few years later in 1990, uh, Exorcist three, uh, Dominion. And this one was, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, no, Exorcist three is, uh, Legion. Oh, Legion, not yeah. Dominion. Sorry, I'm getting them mixed up. Uh, Legion, yeah, and that was off the book, right? Yeah. So. So uh, they made a s they made they wrote the Exorcist and then they had a sequel to it called Legion. Right. And, and that's uh, and that's what this movie was based off of. I initially, uh, uh, William Peter Blatty uh, wanted the movie to have very little uh, relation to uh, the first Exorcist movie and just called it Legion, 
but obviously the studios needed to uh, promote this thing and I guess you can understand in, in marketing uh, they needed the, to add the extras uh, to it so that's how they released it he directs it he, he writes it he directs it he actually got a uh, uh, an Oscar for uh, best uh, adapted screenplay that year and um, yeah it's pretty much many people consider the actual um, sequel to the first Exorcist movie mm. yeah I see it's got some good actors in it it's got George C. Scott uh, Jason Amazing. Miller he was Patton and Patton yeah yeah he was really good in that um, Brad Dwarf the, the oh voice of Chucky like this is early on uh, so 90s good. for him um, Nancy Fish I know her from uh, quite a few movies um, so it's, it's got a pretty good cast a couple actors uh uh, Nicole Williamson, yeah. uh, he was a good character actor. Father Morning, yeah. Uh, Ed Flanders, um, which is always a funny name. Yeah, um, he plays a Father Dyer, who was actually played in the first one, <coughs> if I'm not mistaken, um, by William O'Malley, who was an actual uh, uh, priest at the time, but he mm -hmm. he refused to. Uh, he didn't want to come back for the role because of problems that they had on set. Oh, so they recasted the character with him. Yeah, yeah. And then Scott Wilson. Uh, we right. all know him from Walking Dead. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it, it looks like it had a good cast. I This was one I didn't get to revisit, um, even though I have it. Uh, I didn't get a chance to watch it because they kind of jumped uh, from Exorcist 2 to uh, The Exorcist the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, but I, And I bypassed this one because you said you're reading the... You've read... You read the book, or you're reading it? No, I'm reading the the original Exorcist. I haven't got to the uh, to Legion yet, but uh, yeah, uh. it's definitely it's definitely on the uh, on the queue. I must have thought you were reading that at the same time too, for some reason. Um, did you watch this one? Yeah, I actually uh, I'd forgotten about this one. Uh, I do remember not liking two a long time ago, and uh, Exorcist three was one of the ones that I watched it and for some reason forgot it. Uh, it's really good. In my opinion, I, I I I really enjoyed it. It was a really uh, a good surprise. Um, it has a completely different tone because it, it's more of a detective story, um, detective mystery of like these um, murders that are uh, happening, and uh, it's based on uh, the Gemini killer played by Brad Dourif. Uh, all these ki all these killings are happening, and uh, the one thing that they notice is that they happen exactly the same as the profile uh, killings of the uh, Gemini killer who had been killed, had been uh, executed um, years prior. Um, he died exactly the same um, night that uh, Father Kairos uh, uh, kills himself to uh, save. Uh, Reagan and uh, the way they explain it is that um, the spirit the Pazuzu demon um, in vengeance uh, transfers the spirit of the Gemini killer into Father Karras's, um body so he dies but he doesn't die because he is possessed by another entity another spirit uh, facilitated by Pazuzu not Pazuzu himself but facilitated by Pazuzu weird so uh, Father Karras spends uh, time in in the loony bin, and they um, 
he all this time he's 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 been there. So when um, the uh, lieutenant uh, lieutenant William uh, Kinderman uh, gets to him, he's the one that discovers that it's actually the spirit of the killer uh, occupying the body of his friend, Father Karras. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I definitely uh, am going to have to watch that probably tonight or tomorrow, um, it l- sometime this weekend. Um, yeah, I'm watching, man. Uh, an extra bit of uh, creepiness. Uh, uh, this movie is reported to be Jeffrey Dahmer's favorite movie. <laughs> nice, nice. So, there you go. A little, little added bonus. He would even, um, Jeffrey Dahmer would wear like these contact lenses to make himself look at, like Father Kara's uh, uh, demon-possessed um, form. In the movie, those weird like yellow, yeah, yeah, eye contacts. Wow. Yeah, and he would do that to look himself like, make himself look more demonic or whatever. Some people. Guess <laughs> <coughs> that was a uh, cosplay before it was cosplay. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So following that movie, um, in 2004, they uh, released Exorcist: The Beginning. Uh, this is a supposed prequel to The Exorcist. Uh, this stars uh, Skellen Skarsgård, um, who plays Father Marin, or a young version of Father Marin. Yeah. So the synopsis of this is years before uh, Father Marin helped save Reagan's soul, uh, he first encounters the demon uh, Pazuzu in East Africa. Um, and this is the, uh, the, the telling of that uh, encounter uh, between them. Um, I watched this one years ago when it first came out. Uh, I haven't revisited it. Um, I have all of them because Kevin, our pirate, um, has downloaded all these movies for us. Um, but I thought for some reason it was still fresh in my mind because every time I see stills of it and I, I think of, oh, I remember that scene. I remember, and then like now I'm kind of, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. I can only... I can only remember the scenes from the stills that I see, but like to explain the movie, um, I would have to rewatch it. Um, did you watch any of these, the two uh, prequels? I had never seen uh, this movie before, and I watched <coughs> it last week. Uh, anything with uh, Stellan Skarsgård is is, is going to be a good movie. Oh yeah, I love him. He, my favorite out of, out of context, uh, my favorite movie with him is where he plays. Um, one of the oh, what do they call themselves? Uh, he looked like a Viking, but in the movie King Arthur with Clive Owen, um, he plays uh, one of the Northmen um, that were in England, and like the the way he presented himself, like he's fully bearded and long hair, and I mean he looks like a fucking ass kicker. I mean he looks like you you put a sword in his hand, he's gonna just brutally murder some people uh, of that you know back in the day of that era. Um. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I recently uh, liked his uh, his role in Andor. Oh he yeah, plays yeah. Luthen. Really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's such a good movie. Um, just out of the world. Like I love this guy. Yeah, yeah. His entire family. Yeah, like his kids are good actors. Yeah, too. all the scars guards. Like they, it's like they all just <laughs> fell out of the the acting tree. Yeah, uh, yeah. totally. <coughs> so Exorcist: The Beginning, and uh, they have a prequel to that in the next, which basically came out the next year in two thousand five. Um, uh, Dominion, which is I, where I had it um, mistaken with Legion, um, but they call this one Dominion, the prequel to The Exorcist, uh, also starring 
uh, Skellen Skarsgård um, as yeah, Father Marin. I was confused about that one. Uh, is that supposed to be the same movie, but re-edited? Yeah. Or I, I've never seen Dominion, uh, to be honest. But I did see the beginning. and uh, To me, it feels like it was a, uh, an, an add-on. You know, like they, they weren't quite done yeah. with the beginning. And then so they're like, oh, we've got more to show you or tell you. Okay. So they, they came out with this one is how I perceived it because that I never seen it either. I only saw the beginning in the theater, um, and I never saw Dominion. Um, by the time I got around to go to want to go see it, it was already out of the theaters. And you know, 2005, you had to wait uh, like months before it came out on DVD. Yeah, I remember those days. <laughs> yeah, because um, there was no download at the time. But I, I watched it last week and I really liked it. Um, it really adds to the uh, mythos of the Pazuzu uh, and the relationship that uh, Father Maris, uh, Marin ha- has with the, the, the demon Pazuzu, who's depicted as this really weird uh, creature with wings and the head of a dog, and uh, he has a snake for a penis, and uh, uh, which kind of explains his. Um, his affinity, his, his sexualizing uh, uh, of of his possessions, and how how he's always uh, very crass and uh, and blasphemous uh, in his in his possessions. Hmm. Well, so I guess where they get the term "dirty demon." Yeah. Um, okay, and then uh, last in the Exorcist series, um, will actually be this year, 2023, um, is, it's just called The Exorcist, um, and, but it's being put out by Blumhouse, so similar like how they did Halloween, uh, except for not calling it John Carpenter's Halloween, they just called it Halloween, and it was put out in 2018, so people just associate it and call it Halloween 2018. Yeah. So I'm assuming they might do the same thing with this one, Exorcist Oof. 2023, which you know, would kind of suck. I but don't know. They <laughs> also are, are saying that this um, is a sequel um, to the original Exorcist. So Ellen Burstyn is uh, reprising her role, which when I found out about this, I was like, just I, I didn't see pictures of anybody. I just saw names and it didn't even like register when I saw her name. Uh, you actually brought it up to me. You're like, oh no, yeah, uh, she's from the original, um, so she's reprising her role. Yeah, Chris McNeil. <coughs> so uh, it's got uh, Leslie uh, Odom Jr., who's going to be the uh, main uh, actor in it, along with her, and it's a uh, I get uh, it's the possession of his child, and she comes to I guess uh, aid, uh, kind of I'm guessing walking him through it you know like don't worry you know the priests will you know exercise her and give you back your your child and but um that's pretty much as far as i know um is that uh, his child is uh, possessed and he needs to have uh, an exorcism and she's there uh, to aid in you know whatever it she's i guess doing for the movie but uh, it's set for a uh, October 13th release uh, this year, 2023. Um, and, and yeah, like I said, uh, David Gordon Green, who uh, directed the um, the Blumhouse Halloweens, uh, is directing this one. So it, it's really kind of up in the air, especially like the first two Halloweens, me and Olin really liked. Um, and that last one just really left a bad taste in our mouth. 
So yeah. we're just really kind of really kind of finger crossing that the <laughs> this movie will, you know, live up to expectations of of the exorcist, you know, franchise. And then, um, like like I said earlier, uh, when I was announcing uh, what we were going to be podcasting today, Exorcist uh, had a TV show uh, from 2016. This is a reminder. And like I said earlier... Um, when I was describing uh, what we were going to be podcasting today, uh, The Exorcist uh, uh, spawned out a TV series from 2016 to 2017 uh, on Fox. It was uh, two seasons. Um, This one I thought was pretty well done uh, for, for television at the time. It had a lot of good jump scares to it for TV. Um, and so this was released on uh, <coughs> TV, TV. It wasn't like yeah, yeah, TV, cable or yeah, not like not cable, TV, okay. TV. So I mean, obviously there was no cussing. Yeah. So that kind of interesting. It, yeah, it kind of put a wrench in, in in a little bit, but the everything that was that it w- was done for it, like the recording um, and the dialogue and how it was whoever wrote the series like whoever wrote each episode uh did a very good job they did it very well uh for tv they you know there was enough in there for for innuendo and and um and you know for a little bit of deep thought of you know like oh i I see what they're they're kind of referencing you know because they wanted to be a little nasty but you know because it's television and it was television during you know 16 17 um, you know, they weren't quite apt to, to having, you know, curse words like they are now. Yeah. You know, they have a, a full, like, uh, array of curse words that they can say on television now, opposed to, like, back then they couldn't. I think you could say ass, and that was really it, and that was <laughs> kind of a, a faux pas, like, everybody's, oh, he, he just said ass. <laughs> um, yeah. So, but... Yeah, the first I only watched the first season. Uh, I didn't get a chance to see the second season, uh, but the first season had Gina Davis, a uh, great movie actress. Um, yeah. She played the mom, and then Alan Ruck, um, he played. Um, oh, what was his character's name? Uh, he was in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. He was uh, Ferris's best friend. <coughs> um, but he he was also he's a good character actor too. Um, I've seen him in, in quite a few movies. Um, he was in the Young Guns too. That was uh, that was a good role for him, um, and just a just a plethora of movies. But yeah, they they played the parents, um, and they have uh, they had two girls, uh, and then one of the girls was the girl who was possessed, and then they had a father uh, figure um, who came in to to do the exorcism. And it looks like it was a similar uh, storyline uh, for season two. Uh, they didn't use the same family. They just they um, they have a different cast. So uh, it looked like they're trying to do some kind of like uh, anthology um, for the TV series. But it only went two seasons, and then uh, I don't know if it got can. Oh yeah, it says it got canceled. Uh, Fox canceled it. Um, but at least it got two seasons. It didn't didn't just get the uh, the old one season and then get the axe. So. Um, 
but yeah, um, if you if you can find it, um, I'm still having Kevin try to try to see if he can find it because I definitely want you to, to watch it. I thought it was really good for for just public television, um, non cable show. Yeah, I totally give it a stab. But so that's the Exorcist series uh, for the movies um, and the prequels and then the television series. Um, <coughs> oh, and and the Blumhouse. Um, I wouldn't say it's a remake, but the new the new uh, Blumhouse sequel uh, to the original Exorcist. Uh, moving on, these are going to be our list of uh, movies with exorcisms in them. Uh, some of these I've never even heard of. Um, yeah, there's a lot of them. Yeah, so it's um, yeah, it's like my favorite word. Um, Okay, so starting with uh, 1974, there is a movie called Abby. Uh, this is the American uh, black exploitation uh, horror film. Uh, looks like they went from Blackula to Abby. Uh, looks like um, this film is about a woman who is possessed by uh, what is that? Yorbara, Yorbara sex spirit. Uh, so. I assume that that was kind of a a, a thing with uh, those type of movies um, it, from the, like the seventies and and the sixties, like the exploitation and black exploitation uh, movies. They had some kind of like uh, sin and sex like intertwined with them. An archaeologist uh, tries to get rid of the minister's wife. Uh, from a spewing demon that they dug up in Nigeria. Uh, that's really it. <laughs> like I said, I've never even heard of this movie. Uh, 1975, uh, Exorcism, The Return of the Exorcist. This one, to me, seems like it was a, uh, a grab. Um, nope. Sorry, that was my bad. Just Exorcism, and then... Uh, exorcism, exorcismo. I mean, it's not even how you pronounce it. Well, yeah, I think exorcismo. Yeah, exorcismo uh, is another way to pronounce it. Uh, probably in different regions uh, around the world, a young woman unwillingly uh, participates in a satanic ritual and is possessed by her late father. Nineteen seventy-five. That's <laughs> that's crazy. So then I got the mix up here, and then 1975 also put out a movie called The Return, the Return of, of the Exorcist. Exorcist. Yeah, so that's the grab. To me, that seems like it was the grab because people, I'm sure, went to the theaters uh, thinking that this had something to do with right. the original movie, um, especially like diehards who are like, oh, yeah, I remember the Exorcist. You know, they put out a sequel. Great. Um, which was put out before The Exorcist 2, um, two years beforehand. Oh, yeah, they jumped <coughs> on it real quick. Yeah. An archaeology uh, student uh, photographs a mysterious naked woman by a waterfall, unaware that she is a female demon called uh, Hagia, who soon takes possession of him with a cursed amulet. So. <laughs> yeah, looking at this list, I'm seeing like a lot of um, carbon copies and uh, trying to, again, like the studios uh, are going to do. Just try to cash in on the, the Exorcist franchise. Yeah. 
so then, obviously, we talked about the Exorcist series, um, but then there's a big jump from movies that have exorcisms in them that weren't part of the series. So 1975 jumps right to 1990. And 1990, um, this one's more of a uh, comedy, but it's still in the horror category, is Repossessed. And this one has Linda Blair, who played uh, Reagan in the original Exorcist, um, playing a character who was possessed when she was younger and is now being repossessed, which is weird because (laughs) when I saw it, she was basically repossessed by a demon through the television. Yeah. Uh, but it has Leslie Nielsen in it, so it's, you know... Super funny. Definitely got lots of laughs. And um, it was 1990, same year uh, Exorcist 3 was released as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Same year. <laughs> so that is funny. Um, moving on from that is 1990, um, a little movie called Stigmata. Uh, this yeah. one stars Patricia Arquette, uh, Gabriel Byrne, and Cusack. Jonathan Price, Nia Long. So this one has a pretty good cast in it. Um, I actually thought it was really a really good movie. I saw this in the theater when it first came out because I'm a huge Patricia Arquette fan. Yeah, um, absolutely. Back in my Lost Highway days, um, she was just <laughs> was just awesome. <laughs> um, and then jumping to the next year in 2000 is a movie called Possessed. This movie has Timothy Dalton in it. Um, it was a uh, made-for-television horror movie, looks like. Um, uh, and it was put out on Showtime. So back in the day, uh, Showtime used to be an HBO. They used to be kind of a big deal. So if they had a, a TV movie made for, for either of those um those stations um you know it was it was kind of a thing it was almost like one step below from being a theater release so that's that's how good of quality it was um but this one is a struggling post-traumatic stress disorder from world war ii a jesuit priest uh, must perform an exorcism on a boy in 1950s st louis Moving on from that, uh, from 2000 to 2003, is The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Uh, this one was probably one of the first uh, movies of the 90s that gave me a pretty good uh, jump scare. Um, just from some of the scenes uh, like that were in the barn. Um, it was... And then like her, her whole, like, um, what was it, Six Demon Possession? Yeah, that she had, she had like multiple demons in her, uh, or you know, she would count them off, and it was like that was a little bit creepy at the time. Um, yeah, the way she contorts her body. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The, con- the, the really contortion was just wild. It had a really good cast too. Laura <coughs> Linney was in it. Tom Wilkinson playing the uh, the priest, and it was it was a really uh, interesting approach because it was more of a, a jury drama. Yeah, yeah. With horror elements in it. And it was really, it was very well uh, weaved in. Uh, it was seamlessly weaved in. Yeah, I had uh, Jennifer Cartner as uh, Emily Rose. You know her from uh, the Dexter fame. Right, right. She was also in this other, I think it's a zombie movie, uh, Quarantine. Mm. Did you ever see that one? No, I think we were discussing that before. Yeah, yeah. We might have mentioned this this movie before. Uh, 
but yeah, she was in that too. Uh, same year, uh, 2005, uh, Constantine with uh, Keanu Reeves. This is one of my favorites. Um, definitely a uh, a different version of Constantine from the DC Comics uh, Constantine. Yeah, a non-British one. Yeah, and a non-British one at that, um, which we'll discuss when we get to uh, the television series. So this was one of the other shows that spun off a television series. Um also a really good cast. Rachel Weisz, Tilda Swinton, Peter Stormare, and uh, Shia DeBeef. <laughs> Old Shia LaBeouf. Uh, yeah, Peter Stormare, uh, he played Lucifer. Did an outstanding job. Oh, man. This yeah. guy's portrayal of Lucifer I thought was so good. Yeah, with a white suit and everything. It was, it was excellent. Looks like we got some people... Uh, we got a dino shop across the street, so they're like revving up cars. Are they racing out there? No, they're just they uh, they they test out these engines and to make sure like they're they're running at specific RPMs and and like you know like these cars now are all electronic, so they can adjust the chips and you know they can change the gas ratio or the air ratio and you know they're they're basically they're fine tuning it to be a race car. Interesting. Yeah, but it's it's annoying because they just pick the in-op times to to do the shit. Um, <laughs> uh, anyways, um, yeah. So Constantine, uh, Keanu Reeves, I thought was a great movie. Um, definitely a good story. Uh, and like I said, the 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 name itself spun off a uh, uh, a TV series. So in 2014, um, it came out with a TV series starring Matt Ryan. He was kind of a little bit of an unknown in the U.S., um, but he's a British actor, and uh, he was more closely to the comic uh, than Keanu Reeves' character was. Yeah, even the way he looks, the blonde hair and everything. Yeah, and, and like he dressed the part and everything just just was everything about him, like even from his uh, his quirks to his, um, his one-liners, um, you know, and his attitude. Uh, everything was everything was just spot on. Um, this only had one season, which was unfortunate. Uh, it was on NBC, um, also regular television, not cable. Uh, I think that's if it was on cable, I think it would have done better. Uh, but Matt Ryan, the one thing uh, about him is that he did such a phenomenal job um, as the character that when uh, the CW uh, was doing their Arrowverse. They had uh, Legends of Tomorrow, so they basically took a lot of these characters that were on all the superhero shows and who did, like, one-offs or were super popular, you know, for a little bit on the shows, and they're like, well, we should group them together and give them their own show. And then a couple seasons went by for that show, and then um, there was a lot of talk about bringing a Constantine character, and when that hit, like, people were just, like, losing their shit. They're just like, Matt Ryan has to be Constantine. Yeah. And so they casted him back as John Constantine um, and put him on the show. And so he, it, the show went from being kind of a superhero s to being more like superhero occult. Yeah. Um, so they had a lot of that uh, intrigue. And then um, I don't, I didn't watch a lot of it, um, so I don't know if uh, Swamp Thing was brought into it. But I know he's part of the lore with, with all of that. Um, right. <coughs> 
yeah, I've been saying for years that hopefully uh, the DC does something with horror and bring uh, Justice <coughs> League Dark with Deadman and Zatanna. It would be really great to see uh, those, those those characters. Yeah, and, Con- and Constantine was part of that too. Yeah, um, and yeah, because they have the they have the animated uh, Justice League Dark, but. Yeah, they should definitely do a live action. Uh, that'd be super cool. And I could totally see Matt Ryan still being Constantine in that. He's just, he's one of the, like he's one of those actors that you know when they play a role, you knew that role was meant for them. Yeah. Um, and there's only there's like a handful of people out there that are like that, and he's one of them. So, um, I don't know. We spent a lot of time on that. Um, so yeah, Constantine, and then Constantine Television. Um, if you get a chance to watch it, watch it. I'll see if. Uh, if the Dread Pirate Kevin can uh, download that as well, I think you would totally enjoy it. Um, it was super cool. Uh, from So from 2005, from Constantine Keanu Reeves to 2006, uh, was a movie called uh, Possession of Gail Bowers. Oh, no. Had the word exorcism in it. Exorcism, the possession of Gail Bowers. That's right. Um, this one has... A lot of people I don't recognize or even recognize their name. Erica Robbie, uh, Griff First, uh, Noel Thurman, Thomas Downing, David Shriek, and Jeff Denton. So don't don't know anything about that. Uh, looks like it was a direct-to-DVD, um, but it was made by the company Asylum. So they're the ones who did the, the Sharknado, right? Oh, okay. Okay, so it's... Uh it's one of those. It's one of those movies. <laughs> yeah. Which, <laughs> on a side note, super funny about Sharknado is um, I showed you the picture um, like last week or it was the other week. Um, they're moving on from Sharknado to now they're doing Meth Gator. Meth Gator. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> the, the we're going to have a, a gator on meth and a bear on cocaine. That's right. This year. I guess I guess because Cocaine Bear did, did really good, Asylum wanted to jump on that, and they're like, well, we could do one better than that. <laughs> we'll do meth gator. But the funny picture is, or the funny thing about it is the picture of the gator still has all his teeth. So oh. not, not sure how much meth he's done yet. Next thing, we're, we're going to have a, a shark on acid or something. I don't know. <laughs> an octopus on acid. Oh, that would be great. <laughs> Um, okay, so next is also in 2006. Um, this one is called uh, Blackwater Valley Exorcism. This one has also a cast of people I've never heard of or even seen before Randy Colton, Jeffrey Combs, uh, James Russo. Don Nottington, Del Zamora, uh, Cameron uh, Datto. A disturbing tale of po- demonic possession. Isabel is locked in a fierce battle with the demon hell bent on ravaging her soul. Only a priest with troubles of his own can free her from a torment. So a normal priest couldn't do anything for her, but a, a, a fucked up priest is going to be able to save her soul, is, is what they're saying. <coughs> Weird. Uh, okay. Next is uh, Legion, the final exorcism. So this could also be one of those ones that people, if not, you know, properly um, t- 
told about, they could think that this would be part of the uh, Exorcist series. Um, yeah, especially because they use the the word legion. Yeah, yeah and then and then the final exorcism. You know, that's sounds like it was like oh well maybe it was you know the next exorcist movie after uh, yeah. after three. This is the ending. The en- the end to that other ending that we got. Yeah, this one has um, some some names I do know. Like obviously Rowdy Roddy Piper, he was in it. Um, his daughter uh, Ariel Teal Tombs, um, which. Roddy Piper's uh, real name is his last name is Tombs. Um, uh, David Hevenier, uh Davida Hevenier. So it looks like there's a lot of uh, like father daughter uh, combinations in here. Uh, Jacqueline Oliver, uh, Lee Benton. So a couple of these people I have no idea who they are. I've never seen them before or heard of them. Um, but like I said, some of these people I do know who they are uh, and have seen them in, in previous films, um, you know, especially Roddy Piper. You know, he's no stranger to horror. Next on the list, uh, jumping from 2006 to 2009, is The Unborn. Uh, this movie has a really good cast as well. Uh, Odette Annabelle. Um, she plays the lead role. Um, Gary Oldman is in it. He plays a rabbi. Um, so I guess he's the father, f- the father uh, figure character, uh, priest um, for the movie. Um, I'm gonna butcher this guy's name. Cam Gian- Cam Giannette. Um He's been he's a he's a good character actor. Uh, if you saw his face, you'd recognize him. If if you've watched you know a lot of different TV. Uh, actress named Megan Good, uh, Idris Elba. Um, everybody obviously knows who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Atticus Schaefer. Um, people would know him from the TV series The Middle, if you if you watch that. Um, yeah, he was a Disney actor too for a long time, wasn't he? Oh, was he in Disney? Uh, like Disney Channel type show. Oh, okay. I remember him. I just remember his character on that show. He was really weird because he would talk to himself and then he would like he would answer himself. <laughs> yeah. So he was just—he was kind of a little, little special kid, um, a little different, but uh, still, it's a pretty good show. He's a pretty good actor. Um, so yeah, it's pretty good. Got, got, got a pretty good cast. James Romar was in it too. Um, oh, and then uh, Cara, Cara Giugino. Is that right. how you pronounce her name? Yeah. Uh, from Sin City. Um, who I was getting confused with, uh, what's her name? Uh, Gina Garano. <laughs> oh, <that's> different. <laughs> yeah, I remember we had that conversation. <laughs> um, yeah, so she's also in it. Um, so the synopsis of this is uh, Odette, uh, Odette's character is uh, Casey, who is a young woman who is paranoid after becoming a centerpiece in a series of supernatural and strange events. So... And she kind of uh, sees like um, she's seeing a lot of like spirit of like a of a, an unborn child um, like in the mirror mostly. At least that's how the 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 cover of the uh, the movie portrays. Um, but I know like uh, she sees a lot of that um, throughout the film, kind of like what they do like in in most horror movies. You know they they foreshadow some things. 
um, this way. So yours, the person like will see something or is hallucinating about it, and they turn, you know, to see, you know, if the person is actually there, and obviously they're not. So, um, moving on from the next year, from 2009 to 2010 is uh, Exorcismus. Exorc yeah, Exorcismus. Exorcismus. Which, uh, in another name, it has is uh, La Possession uh, de Emma Evans. So, in, in a different region, I guess it has a, a different name. Uh, Sophia Vasvirus. Vavasur? Uh, Vavasur plays Emma, yeah. of the title character Emma Evans, uh, in this. Uh, possessed by a demon, a teenager turns to her cleric uncle to perform an exorcism. So it uh, looks like originated in Spain, so I'm sure that um, La Posesiona de Emma Evans is probably its original name, and then yeah. here in the States they, they had to give it a different name. Interesting name, Exorcismus. <coughs> yeah, since I'm not it's not familiar to to you. Like no, is that supposed to be Latin or something? Like yeah, that's, that's, that's what like I'm thinking. Like, like a dead language? <laughs> Uh, same year, 2010, The Last Exorcism. So this one um, I just watched recently and was not a fan of it. Although, it, so this movie spawned a sequel. So there's The Last Exorcism and The Last Exorcism 2, uh, which came out in 2013. So we'll just, we'll kill both of these right now. Um, so Last Exorcism was one of those um documentary-esque found footage movies so i'm guessing maybe somewhere about the time with uh, blair witch or maybe a little after blair witch um they kind of were playing with like uh someone documenting you know what was going on um as and also like it was found like they found it to to watch you know what this guy was documenting um yeah um I believe Blair Witch Project was 1999, so this was literally a year after. No, or ten, it's ten, ten years, years after. Yeah, ten years. Um, so the, the actress, Ashley Bell, actually did a good job. That was that was the only thing uh, that I was able to uh, salvage from that movie. And it started, interestingly, with the whole fan footage thing. Um, but it uh, as, as it went on, it just... It it leaked out, sort of. Yeah, I mean, out of, out of the two movies, I like this one a lot better. Yeah, the um, first one, especially the first act. But yeah, the towards the very end and kind of like what was going on at the very end with the, the whole, um, I, I mean, I wouldn't call it druid thing, but it was like, um, or uh, sacrifice. It looked like a more of a sacrifice. Um, with the fire and then everybody like in a circle. And yeah, there's a cult going in, in that There you town. go, thank you. That's what I was looking for, a cult. Um, yeah, so it's like everybody was part of it. Uh, so this uh, this cleric um, father figure, um, you know, was basically doing a documentary on whether or not he really believed in exorcism or not. But what he was basically saying is that he wasn't, you know, so much doing an exorcism, but he was performing a service for a person to, you know, help their their mentality, um, you know, kind of give them a peace of mind. 
make them, yep. I guess, make them think that, you know, that they were cleansed or clear or, uh, or saved, you know, and that way they can move on with their life. Yeah, sort of like a placebo effect, exorcism. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he was mostly a charlatan. <laughs> yes. But, uh, yeah, in his mind, he was providing this service where uh, people would come away uh, better. Uh, uh, but he's, he staged a lot of his, quote-unquote, exorcisms. Yeah, and he was basically trying to prove that um, Ashley Bell's character, uh, Nell, um, wasn't possessed, that she was just doing everything uh, herself, you know, that she was acting the part. Um, maybe because she either heard of him and his doings or or maybe she he thought that um you know she was just you know, it was a cry for attention um, yeah but then in the second <coughs> movie uh the well the way the way the first movie ends is that there's this whole cult going going on and she's supposed to be pregnant uh and the child is like a child of like the devil or something and um they just leave it at that. They extract the baby and do their ritual, and she's just traumatized by this. And in the second movie, um, she's basically the only character that comes back. Her, her and her father in like a weird cameo, where he's more like a spirit, uh, or maybe she's he's a figment of her her imagination and her trauma. Um, it wasn't clear to me uh, exactly what that was, but. Um, in the end, the the possession, the demon, she pretty much gives in to the demon and uh, decides to just be possessed. Yeah. So in the the I guess I guess the connection I was making with Blair Witch was um, because like the first one was found footage like Blair Witch, the second one um, was recorded as an actual movie. Yeah, like they, they did none of that. They they did away with yeah, the, the entire premise. Yeah. Yeah, they did. They completely did away with that in the second movie for this last exorcism as well. Um, so it was just like a whole new story. You know, she was basically found. She was put into like a home um, uh, with other girls um, to, to you know, find work and, and try to rebuild her life um, in there in New Orleans. So, you know, it's very heavily with, you know, rituals and, and, and uh, lore and and things like that so she can't obviously get away from from things and but there's little things in the movie that are happening that um kind of give you like some foreboding of you know what's going to happen towards the end or that you know that it the thing is still looking for her or hunting for her um especially with that one dude the the gold uh, like the mime the gold mime like the little things that he was doing like oh, right. as he kept following them like he kept leaving his his area where he was at, and he would follow them, and then he would like have the little sayings and things that just made no sense to anybody but her. Yeah, yeah, and there was this uh, character played by Julia Garner, um, <coughs> who I thought she had some sort of possession going, or she was part of it, but then uh, they just forget about that character at the very end. <laughs> like the Halloween. Uh Halloween kills or uh, Halloween uh, uh, ends effect. Yeah, it didn't. Uh, yeah, both of these movies um, started out good, but they um, they ended up owing me a lot at the very end. 
Oh, excuse me. Um, so, uh, blah, blah, blah. Jumping from 2010 to 2011, uh, Annalise, the Exorcist Tapes, was put out. Uh, this, what is the synopsis? A young woman suffers from a mysterious ailments and paranormal and phenomenal plagues her house until a priest arrives to perform an exorcism. Uh, also done by Asylum. So uh, this could be also one of those like in the style of like Sharknado. Like the the cinematography in those were not great. So they they seem more of like handy cam like a uh, movie. At least the first couple of them. I think they got better budgets for like the later Sharknados, uh, but the, but a lot of the stuff from Asylum just seems like it's you know like they, like they just got their hands on the Canon XL and or the XL2 and and we're filming with that uh, and not using a good lens, just using the standard lens that came with it, so it's, it looked more video. Yeah, um, no filters, no. Yeah. <laughs> just. Um. Same year, 2011, Season of the Witch. This one is a Nicolas Cage movie. has uh, Nicolas Cage, Ron Perlman, uh, Claire Foy, uh, Robert uh, Sheehan. Who else is in this um, that I would know? Christopher Lee. Christopher Lee's in it? It's uh, Yeah, he's in the... Uh in the credits? He's in the cast credits. Uh, Rory McCann, who was, uh, uh, he played uh, the dog in the Game of Thrones series. Uh, I never saw that, so it's on my bucket list. Stephen Graham, he's a character actor. I know him. Um, his face is familiar. So this one is... Uh, his faith is broken by many uh, years of fighting in the Crusades. A knight named uh, Bayman returns to Europe to find that it's ravaged by the Black Plague. A dying cardinal orders Bayman and his friend uh, Felsum, who played uh, is played by Ron Perlman, uh, to take an accused witch to a remote abbey where the monks will destroy her. Uh, oh no, destroy her power. Uh, and in the pestilence. So they obviously think that she's the cause of the Black Plague. Uh, as Bayman and the five comrades undertake the dangerous journey, they come to realize that the prisoner is no ordinary girl, and evil forces await at the destination. And this one was a, a big release uh, in the theater. I didn't see it in the theater. Uh, I've only seen bits and pieces of it. Passing through, like you know, when you're when you're looking for a show on cable, and so this will be on, and I'll like watch five minutes of it, and feel like either not interested. Most of the time, I wasn't interested. It didn't look very good, so I just pass it. But every time I would turn it on, it was always a different part of the movie. I'm like, oh, I haven't seen this part yet. Yeah. But I had no idea if it was in the beginning or if it was in the end, um, or even the middle. So, not sure what parts they were. Did you see this one? No, I've never seen Season of the Witch. Uh, it must have been one of those uh, movies that I pass these. Oh, it's Nicolas <coughs> Cage. It must be one of one of his uh, another one of his B movies. Uh, <laughs> better skip it. But but now I'm, now I'm now I'm revisiting a lot of those uh, uh, 
not old, but like the last 10, 15 years of Nicolas Cage, I'm, I'm, I'm watching a few of those just because, you know, it's Nicolas Cage. Yeah, I think the last thing I, I mean, I've, I've seen more movies now with Nicolas Cage in it, but like the last movie I actually saw with him in the theater was Con Air. And, okay. and yeah. that was that was kind of a little bit of hard to swallow, just the 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 southern accent that he had and the character that he was playing. Like he was all laid back, and you know, I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do my prison time, and I'm gonna go see my family." And uh, <laughs> but but in the meantime, I'm gonna I'm gonna just keep low and keep to myself. And but if you know danger arises, I'm gonna kick its ass. So it's, it was just kind of a it was a hard movie to swallow. It was fun. It was entertaining, but I was just like, okay. I'm sl- I'm slowly regaining a, a, an appreciation for Nicolas Cage. Uh, same year, in 2011, uh, The Right. This has uh, Anthony Hopkins in it. Uh, he plays Father uh, Lucius, uh, Colin O'Donnell. Marta Gastini, Alice Brega, uh, Tori DeVito, uh, Clarion Hines. This one, uh, through his through his filled with doubt about the subject, uh, seminary student Michael Korvec, um, Kovac, not Korvac, Kovac finds himself finds he must attend the Vatican School of Exorcism. Believing possession to be the work of a troubled mind rather than actual demons, uh, he'll urge his superiors to look for answers in psychiatric... um, in the psychiatric... Well, I can't read. Then Michael becomes the apprentice of Father Lucius... um, Lucas... I'm just, just mispronouncing things here. Who's played by Anthony Hopkins, a veteran exorcist, uh, and encounters a terrifying force that causes him to question everything that he believes. Uh, this is one I asked uh, our pirate to download, but he wasn't able to find it for me. Uh, have you? Did you ever see this one? No, but I'm very, I'm very interested in this one. Um, just the fact that Anthony Hopkins is in it, uh, Rutger Hauer is in it, uh, even Franco Nero, the original Django. I, I really need to watch this movie. <laughs> Wow, uh, th- they're not even like listed on this this cast list right here. Toby Jones. Yeah, the cover is really cool. It's like uh, it's a shadow of a cross, and inside of the middle is Anthony Hopkins' face, kind of pushed into it, and underneath it says the right. So just from the the cover alone, like I would just and I, I'm a huge Anthony Hopkins fan, so just. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Like, just him alone would make me want to watch the movie. And from what I'm reading here on the old interwebs, it says it was based on a book, um, The Right, The Making of Modern Day Exorcists. So it wasn't just a movie that was created. It was based off a book. All right. uh, The next year, in 2012... The year that we are supposed to have all died. Uh, the Devil Inside. Uh, this one was pretty cool. I watched this the other night. Um, this was uh, filmed as like a docu docu series, 
Uh, so this woman basically was possessed or thought to be possessed, uh, killed a priest and his two nuns uh, that went to go exercise the demon out of her. And instead of putting her into like a psychiatric ward here in the States, they sent her to Vatican City and put her in an institution uh, right outside of Vatican City so the, the Vatican can keep an eye on her. But she wasn't deemed, I guess, demonically possessed enough or, or showed the right signs for them to actually do an exorcism on her uh, there when they brought her to uh, Italy. So her daughter, years later, uh, wants to find answers, uh, gets together with this guy who is, uh, makes documentaries and decides that now's the time that she's going to go to Italy, go to Vatican City, go see her mom, and then see what kind of answers that she can get um, on why and what happened you know, that day. Uh, in the process, she befriends two priests because when she gets there she goes to the school where they do the exorcisms and that's where they kind of have the debate uh, going on like when she walks into class where some people think you know uh, what they they just watched a film that um, the teacher was was presenting to them and he was asking is this possession or is this mental illness and so they were having the debate back and forth between a lot of the the people inside there of, you know, some people said, yes, this is possession. Other people said, no, this looks like just mental illness. Um, so she becomes, she befriends two, uh, two fathers um, there. And it's just, uh, it's just a crazy just turn of events that happen after that. Um, especially when she goes and sits down with the mom and, and um, the, all the shit that was going on with that. And then they try to do an exorcism themselves with the mom. Did you watch this one? No, uh, that actually sounds pretty interesting. Um, this one is one of the ones that flew under the <coughs> my radar, uh, honestly. Yeah, the 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 picture that's on the DVD um, has the mom. Um, she looks really kind of like uh, dirty, um, and then she's pulling down her bottom lip, and then inside has an upside down upside down cross on the inside of her lip. Um, where she's like spreading her two fingers, kind of like you know, like people do to to show like you're you're eating somebody out. Um, so she's she's showing her upside down cross like in the, in the picture, and that's what's the cover of the DVD. Um, but yeah, the 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 movie itself, like just right after she arrives at uh, Vatican City, it's just it's like a roller coaster, it's just one event after another, just keeps happening, thing after thing after thing, and it's just it's such a good movie. Um, I, I never saw it when it came out. Uh, it came out in 2012. I knew about it, but it was never one of those ones like I needed to see or I was like, damn, I, I need to go see this or I need to buy this. Um, even working at a movie store, like I, I never bought it. Um, I kept seeing it and thinking, oh, this would be a cool movie to watch, but never had any gumption to, to, to purchase it or, or want to watch it, you know, until we decided that we were going to do this uh, exorcism uh, podcast. And then I was like, well, now is the time, you know. Yeah, I'll get the pirate to to download this for me, and then you know I'll I'll give it a watch. So yeah, if you haven't seen it, definitely watch it. It's it's really good. It's one of those uh, surprising ones that you don't think is going to be good, but when you watch it and afterwards, you're just like fuck. 
Yeah, yeah, especially because a lot of these actors are people I've never seen before, or if I have, I don't recognize them. Yeah, I don't recognize any of these people. I don't really remember seeing any of them in any other movies that I've ever seen before. Um, they all look unknown to me, um, but they all did a phenomenal job. Yeah, I mean, especially if like they're good actors, the um, the characters are going to be more believable if you don't really recognize their faces from anything else, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm not I'm not seeing an attachment to anything else, you know, so it, it makes it easier for me to. You know, believe yourself, yeah, yeah, believe who they are. Yeah, totally. So yeah, that that's definitely a recommend. Um, I would give that like uh, four stabs out of five. Oh wow. Yeah, I, I thought it was really good. Um, moving on from that, uh, from 2012 to 2013. Uh, speaking of Vatican, is this one's called Vatican Ex- the Vatican Exorcisms. Um, and this one looks like it's kind of the same storyline uh, following U.S. filmmaker uh, Joe, Marion, Joe Mariano um, as he ne- heads to Italy to investigate exorcisms and the truth behind the rumors of demonic possession. So maybe not like so much the same story, but kind of along the lines, you know, like what we just discussed on this last movie. I haven't seen this one, but to me that's what it sounds like. You know, it's maybe it's another docu-style uh, movie. This one, the cover is really weird. It has a, I can't tell if it's a woman or a man, um, <coughs> with their hands over their heads, kind of like one of those, you know, like you see in the movies, like the person puts their hands in their heads and they're like, "What have I done?" You yeah. know, that type of uh, motion. Um, this person, I don't know, can't tell. It's all white, is the movie cover. It's just, it's weird. Um, Oh, there we go. I brought it up. So he looks... Uh, I can't tell if it's a man or a woman, but the person looks possessed. Um, it's all white, except for the fingernails and the teeth are yellow. And the eyes are either all white or they're closed. Or, I don't know. I can't tell. It just it looks weird. It looks demonic. Um, moving on from that. Oh, we already talked about the Lex Exorcism Part 2. of pages that sucks uh okay anyways um so jumping from from that is uh exorcism 2014 there's a lot of movies with the word exorcism in them um and i don't really have any information on that uh one of the other pages that failed me was deliver us from evil um, that was another movie that Kevin there we go. downloaded. Did you watch this one? This is the second one I watched. I watched The Devil Inside, then I watched this one the next night, Delivers from Evil. This is the one with uh, Eric Bana in it? Yeah. Joel McHale is in it for some reason? Yeah, Joel McHale is in it. <laughs> I didn't even know that he was in it until I saw the movie, and I, I was like, so Eric Bana plays a, a, a sergeant, a police sergeant, and uh, Joel McHale is his partner. 
Um, and then Edgar Ramirez is in it. He plays a kind of priest, I guess, like a fallen priest, but he's trying to like redeeming, like trying to redeem himself. Uh, and this is based off of a book that this uh, New York um, sergeant, uh, Ralph Sarchi, um, wrote. So, and, and basically the book is on his um, encounters with supernatural occurrences through his time on the force. Okay. And uh, Delivers from Evil was one of the last encounters that he had. Um, where he basically decided that he's going to retire, you know, and just be done with the police force. But he still works with um, with uh, Edgar Ramirez's character, uh, Father Mendoza. Um, so he, uh, Sarchi still works with him, like in real life. Like they go and through New York, different areas, uh, dealing with supernatural things, which is crazy just <laughs> so it's based on just a part of like the last part of the book or this is a book written this is a just book on this case yeah alone. this is a book written on this case alone but okay. he's had multiple i guess supernatural encounters um and eric banna plays the character of, of of that of that cop um and yeah it is <laughs> it's it's intense yeah yeah it's it's especially towards the end like it's it's super intense um it's it's got a lot of action it's got a lot of uh a lot of cool uh visual effects uh in the movie and uh, a couple jump scares that definitely like made me jump i was just like whoa kind of kind of have to like you know rebalance yourself you're just like uh what the fuck just happened um, but yeah, this is another one. Uh, definitely, I would give this a four out of five stabs as well, um, just for the psychologicalness. Um, it, it's it's definitely uh, a must watch, especially if you're an Eric Bana fan. Um, you know, that even though he played the Hulk in Ang Lee's Hulk, yeah, um, I still love the guy. You know, I, everything that he's been in. Uh, Hector is one of my favorite characters um, that he that he's played. And Joel McHale is usually uh, a comedic. Yeah, actor. he's yeah he's usually a comedic actor, and he has one-liners, and he tries to be like the comedic relief of the movie. Yeah, he tries to be the comedic relief of the movie, but not heavily. Yeah, like he's, I guess, like a, a, if you were like in a, not so much like a Kevin Hart and The Rock like cop buddy movie that that oh, kind of thing okay, but okay that dynamic yeah sure. but he has that dynamic with eric banna um but as a new york cop um you know like he's he's very cynical on things and and but he's not he's trying to be funny he's trying to cut the ice um <clears throat> but he still tries you know he still shows that he's a badass and he can handle business um you know he's he's not the typical like uh funny man um that you normally would see him in, or or the asshole. Like the last one of the last things I saw him in, he was uh, uh what was that movie? It had Adam Sandler in it, um, and he was like the dad of of uh, of the mom that, that he was trying to date, and but like uh, he was always trying to be a dick. Um, he was like the counterpart to the Adam Sandler uh, character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He his character every time he came in to so like he would bully him and shit. Not bully him, but like 
he'd always be like the you know he'd always be the asshole about it um just like the little like the little encounters that they have like he'd have something stupid say this day or something like that or he would like act like he was interested in his kid and then like as soon as like adam sandler would leave like he would just blow his kid off like oh i i, I can't i gotta go we can't play catch was drew barrymore in it <coughs> yes yes i think it's called blended Bl- yes blended so uh, you recommend this movie, Deliver Us From Evil? Yeah, yeah, I definitely uh, recommend this one, Deliver Us From Evil, uh, right. 2014. Right. Um, Another one to put on on the queue. Uh, it looks like you could you could watch it on Hulu. Yeah, I mean, I I thought uh, did he give you a copy of it? I have a copy if you want it. If okay. You, yeah, 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 yeah. If Sh- you got sh- USB, shoot me that copy, man. <laughs> yeah, if you got the USB, I'll I'll put it on there for you. Absolutely. Um. Delivers from Evil. Okay, uh, 2015. Um, the Exorcism of Molly Hartley. Uh, this was a direct-to-video. Um, oh, that Vatican. The Vatican actu- Exorcisms was also a direct-to-video also. But that was put out by Lionsgate. And Lionsgate's a pretty good big company. Yeah. So I didn't know that they did uh, direct-to-video like style movies. But this is, you know, early 2000 teens. Um, so maybe you know that was just a thing. Uh, probably like their uh, their precursor to download, like put it on video as quick as possible. Uh, yeah, so 2015, The Exorcism of Molly Hartley, uh, taking place years after The Haunting of Molly Har- Hartley. Um, so it looks like we have uh, Possession and then now Exorcism. So this is a sequel. Um, I guess it's a sequel. Is it? Yeah, it makes sense. It, may, it may, would make sense. It's the same character, haunting of Molly Hartley. Yeah, yeah. So this is a, this is a sequel to the haunting of Molly Hartley, um, which is called the Exorcism of Monty Har- Molly Hall- Hartley. I cannot talk today. It's horrible. Uh, um, accused of a murder and confined to mental institution, Molly Hartley falls under. The possession of a powerful demonic force as she undergoes a monstrous transformation. Uh, a defrocked priest is her only hope of salvation. That seems like to be the story in a lot of these. It, it's some kind of fucked up priest has to be the savior of the movie or of the person's soul. It's like it can't just be like, oh, this guy just graduated, but we have complete trust in him that he's going to take care of the job yeah. but no 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 father father fuckerby over here who's a hard drinker and and just heavy into pornography is going to be your salvation yeah. that was weird <laughs> um, the, only, the only cast member i recognize from this uh, lineup is uh devon sawa oh uh, yeah yeah everyone else I don't know who they are. Sarah Lind, I recognize her. She's a character actor. Um, yeah, I don't know anybody else here. Uh, Diana Latold, Gina Holden, John Cor, Peter McNeil. Don't know who any of these people are. Julia Arcos. Yeah. 
They don't look familiar to me, and I don't recognize their names. So, but yeah, sequel uh, to The Haunting, The Exorcism of Molly Hartley. Next is oh wow, that looks the same. <laughs> I thought this was the same movie on the Vatican Exorcism, the Vatican Tapes. Yeah, that must be related because the the cast is also repeating some of these uh, actors. Is it now? Yeah, you got uh, Michael Pena back, Jamon Hunzu, he's back. Uh, Cass Anvar is also back. Hmm. Yeah, I would wager that uh, these two movies are related. I would have to watch them uh, to make sure, but... Okay, so this has Michael Pena, uh, Olivia Dudley. Uh, how you pronounce his name? Desmond. I say, Jaimon. Jaimon Hanzu, is what I say. Jaimon Hanzu. I'm probably butchering that. Sorry, Jaimon. Uh, Doug, Doug Ray Scott, uh, Kathleen Robinson, uh, and John Patrick uh, Amadori. <coughs> He's a character actor. She's um, she was big on uh, like the nine oh two, not nine oh two one oh Melrose Place, I think. Um, and she was also in the scary movie uh, one or two. No, I think it was two. Two, yeah. And uh, Doug Ray Scott, uh, he was just in uh, the Batgirl series um, on the CW. He was also in. Um, this movie on Netflix that had um, Bill Skarsgård in it, which was cr a creepy ass like uh, movie or um, series, but it was like uh, about supernatural like uh, beings and and uh, he was the father of. Um, he was the father of one of the girls whose cousin, um, who was cousins to a brother and sister that were, um, had the supernaturalness. And then, like, he liked uh, Hemlock Grove. It was the name of the series. It was a weird series. And, like, uh, one the his daughter was dating the, the character who was, I want to, I never got to see him as a wolf but that's what I swore that he turned into because it's always it had all the portrayals of of him turning into a wolf like his clothes were all ripped off and you know he like turned into a beast and but yeah if you get a chance this is on Netflix um, Hemlock Grove Hemlock yeah. Grove and it was produced by Eli Roth um, really cool series but it was just weird uh, but really 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 interesting but that was the first time I actually saw him um in in that series and then i've seen then after that it was like oh now i recognize him from like all these other movies um that i that i've seen him in <coughs> um so getting off topic um next is 2016 exorcist the house of evil Uh, and again, this has a cast I've never 
never seen before or heard of. Uh, Mark Holzum, uh, Connor Trainer, uh, Marguerite Kimball. Wow, I'm gonna butcher this name. Matt Matushikla Lindo. I am so sorry. Uh, Amy uh, Amy Pinnell and then Peter Mayer. A young woman returns to her childhood home where an exorcism took place years ago, discovers that the evil still resides there. Looks like kind of a little bit of a B movie. That's what it sounds like. Uh, but it's definitely it's a not rated movie either. Um, but this is uh, this is one of those uh, Blumhouse titles, but like so Blumhouse has like three different like production companies. Um, and this okay. one is called BH Tilt, uh, which is super weird. Summer Hill Films and BH Tilt. Um, yeah, so. I guess they had their hands in the Exorcist up, uh, you know, a little before they decided that they were going to do that um, sequel. Next on the list here, uh, still in 2016, uh, Incarnate. This one has uh, Aaron Eckhart. Uh, he's a well-known actor. Oh yeah. Played uh, Harvey Dent, Two-Face, in uh, The Dark Knight and among other movies. Um, he's actually his... Uh, he played uh, Frankenstein's monster in a... F uh, what was that movie called? There was a... I'll have to come back to it, but yeah, he uh, he did a, he did a pretty good job in that. I thought I thought it was gonna be just a total bomb, but it was actually pretty good. Uh, David Manzur, well, not man. Mazur, Mazuz. Mazuz, yeah, yeah, Mazuz. I recognize him from the uh, the Gotham. Yeah, series. so he was young Bruce Wayne from the Gotham series. Yeah. Uh, which is funny for Aaron Eckhart and him to be working together, two former uh, Batman alumni. Um, the next also is uh, Catalina Marino, um, Caris Van Houten. Caris Van Houten, uh, yeah, she was. We, we've talked about her before. She was uh, the Red Witch in the, the Game of Thrones series. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, like I said, I'd you you've mentioned it, but like I haven't watched any of that. So, uh, M. J. Anthony and Matthew Nabel and Carolina uh, Weidra. So some people I recognize, some people I don't. Uh, Incarnate uh, is a movie about a scientist with the ability to enter the subconscious minds of the possessed. Uh, and must save a young boy from the grips of a demon with the powers never seen before. So uh, I've read that this uh, has an exorcism in it. Um, just doesn't seem like it's a big part of the movie. I think the demonic possession is more of the it's more of this movie um, than an exorcism. There might be an exorcism that happens at the end or or in the beginning or I'm not sure. It doesn't actually specify. It just says that he attempts an exorcism um, in the movie. So, but it made the list. Um, 
Moving on to the next year, 2017, there is two movies here. Um, this one is also a direct-to-video release. It's Amityville Exorcism. A uh, family puts their faith in a mysterious priest when, uh, when a demonic force connected to decade-old murders in the house uh, possess their daughter. So looks like they move into the Amityville Horror House, um, possesses a young girl, and now a priest has to perform an exorcism on him. I'm looking for the one where it says he's fucked up in some way, <laughs> but I don't see that anywhere. Uh, Marie Delonzo, Jeff uh, Kirkendall, Austin Dragovich, Catherine Sue Young, Ken Van Sant, Steve Desperis, or Desperia, and James uh, Carolus. I don't recognize any of these names or recognize any of these people. Yeah, it looks like one of those movies that... Uh, but again, again yeah. it, it was direct-to-video, so it's obviously a B-movie um, with a bunch of up-and-coming actors. Yeah, and uh, just banking on the Amityville uh, name. Yeah. yeah. A, lot of, a lot of these Amityville <coughs> uh, copycats. So, yeah, um, Amityville Exorcism, and then in the same year, uh, in 2017, American Exorcism. Yeah. Uh, this one... Has William McKinley, Michael uh, Filipovich. Filipovich. He looks familiar. I've seen. I think I've seen him in some other films. Uh, Braxton Davis. He looks like a character actor I've seen before. Um, Jennifer Lee Wiggins. Never seen her or heard of her. Uh, Kate uh, Tumanova. She looks familiar. Her name does not sound familiar, but she looks like a character actor I've seen in. Uh, a film or two before, and then there's no pictures of these other people. Luke Wright, and then uh, John Paul Sales. Says uh, Damon Richter thought he left the world of possession, exorcisms, and evil behind, until an evil uh, until an old friend arrives uh, with a fr with frightening information. At least that's the synopsis that IMDb is giving. This one says, After a vicious demon is banished from his body, a man is left emotionally and physically damaged. He then realizes that the experience has given him supernatural abilities of his own. So maybe that's what the friend was trying to tell um, this guy. So doesn't sound very appealing. Not something I would want to jump to watch. And then you got another uh, American movie. Th this one's American Exorcist. American this Exorcist. Is, yeah. Uh, 2018. This is a TV movie. Yeah. Uh, but this one has uh, Bill Mosley in it. Um, which we I, I don't recognize him. Uh, he's um, He was in the uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacres. He was Chop Top. Okay. Oh, okay. And then he was also in the Rob Zombie um, trilogy. Yeah, all of his the movies. House of uh, House of a Thousand Corpses, um, 
where he played uh, what's his face. Um, and for a horror person, I am fucking horrible. I don't know any of this shit. Um, Otis B. Driftwood. So he played Otis, um, who was a uh, baby's brother. Yeah, it looks like uh, his body of work is mostly just um, <coughs> gory horror movies. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's got a plethora of movies. That's for sure. Which, if you see him in real life, like he looks nothing like any of the characters that he plays, which is crazy. Which is like a super nice guy in real life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he is. Like, I follow him on Instagram and his daughter. Um, his daughter posts some really cool stuff. Like, she goes to a lot of the conventions along with him. And just is, just finds just, like, crazy shit and just posts about it. Uh, 2019, a movie called The Cleansing Hour. This one has uh, Kyle Gallner, uh, Ryan Guzman, Alex uh, Angelis, Emma Holzer, uh, Hu Jun Hu, Heather Morris, and Sam Yeager. Uh, a lot of these people are character actors. Like Heather Morris is from that uh, Glee TV show. Um, Kyle Gallner, is, uh, he was just in Smile. Um, he played the cop that was helping out that chick, um, which I didn't recognize to be uh, yeah. Susie Bacon, uh, Kevin Bacon's daughter. Right, right. The movie Smile? Yeah, Smile. Yeah. And then he was also that asshole that was in uh, Halloween uh, Kills. Um, he was like the asshole town drunk or, I don't know, the guy at the bar like he was in the parking lot being a dick. Uh, Ryan right. Guzman... What was he in? He's familiar. Like I've seen him in stuff, obviously. Sam Yeager, he's a character actor, too. Um, he's not loading up. Uh, everybody wants some. That's where I've seen him. So, not I guess not that big of an actor. Oh, Jim. That's, that's the one I saw him in. Um... So he plays the the love interest that um, Jim is is falling for. Um, who she's? Uh, what's the what the fuck is her name? She was in uh, Juliet Lewis. Um, Juliet Lewis plays the record producer, and then her son is uh, is Ryan Guzman, um, and so I think it's her son thought it was her son um and then yeah the the chick who plays jim is like falling for him um yeah that was the last thing i saw him that's like way off track <laughs> what we're talking about the cleansing hour so what's the synopsis for this um oh this is like a live stream 
The live stream exorcism goes viral in this bold modern take on demonic possession. Oh, that's the one we were we were talking about. Like, so it, I, if I'm right, this is uh, people were staging an exorcism and filming it and claiming it to be real. Um, which these are a bunch of uh, millennials and uh, all of a sudden like a real demon comes into play yeah, and just you know throws a whole like a giant wrench into their shit and now they're just kind of like they're super fucked you know they're like because all this shit starts happening Um, this is this is one I wanted to, to see I saw the trailer for it like a long time ago and I was I thought it was super cool like the whole idea over it how that you know they're a bunch of charlatans and they were just passing it off like oh yeah you know, we're exercising demons and and videoing it you know and showing the world and you know it was all bullshit until an actual real demon said nah <laughs> yeah I'm gonna show you how it's done yeah, well it's a Shutter original so yeah um. yeah <coughs> yeah so I need to I need to get the pirate on this one uh, definitely want to watch this one. circle it so I know to, to ask him on Monday. Alright, we're getting down to the nitty gritty here. Um, one of the last couple movies. Uh, this one is called The Exorcism of God. This came out in 2021, so this is only two years old. Um, although I'm not really recognizing a lot of these people in the in the cast. Maria Gabriella de maybe de uh, Frera. Um, how would you pronounce her name? It looks like it's Iran, but it's got the accent above the A. Um, Iran. Iran. Iran Castillo. Yeah. Iran Castillo. She's a she's a telenovela actress. Uh, Mexican uh, telenovelas. Okay. Yeah. She she used to do a lot of like those. Um, where she's like a schoolgirl, falls in love with a rich boy or something. Uh, I didn't know she was doing things in Hollywood. I guess she uh, uh, she's getting uh, uh, English-speaking uh, roles now. Oh, good for her. Yeah. Uh, Joseph Marcel is in this. Uh, everybody who's watched The Fresh Prince of Bel Air would know who he is. Oh he yeah. played the butler, Jeffrey. Yes. A uh, very funny guy. Um, he plays uh, the father in this movie, so he's the pre one of the priests. Uh, Will Beanbrick is the other priest. Uh, Maria Anton Antonia uh, Hildago is in this. I'm not sure who she is because there's no picture attached no to picture. it. Uh, Alfredo Herrera and Raquel uh, Rojas. So some people I recognize, some people I don't. Um, and then what is the synopsis of this movie? Peter Williams is an American priest in Mexico who is considered a saint by many local parishioners. However, due to a botched exorcism, he carried out a dark secret that's eating him alive until he gets the opportunity to face his own demon one last time. So that's the exorcism of God. 
And our last one um, that's on the list here is a new one that's not even out yet, but we're going to play the trailer. Um, and talk about it a little bit. Uh, this one is called The Pope's Exorcist. So this is a 2023 release. This one has Russell Crowe, uh, Laurel Mardson, Frank Nero. You just talked about yeah, him Frank earlier. Frank Nero again. Yeah, yeah, he plays the Pope in this one. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, Alex uh, Esso, uh, Ralph Inson, Inson uh, Palma, Paloma, uh, Boyd, and Daniel Zavato. So some of these people I recognize who they are, and then some people I don't. Um, but I watched the the trailer for it the other day, and it looks really good. Uh, Russell Crowe looks like he does a really good job um, as the as the uh, the father, who's the head of exorcisms. So he plays uh, Father Gabriel uh, Amoth. Uh, Father Gabriel Amoth, chief exorcism for the Vatican, battles Satan and innocent possessing demons. Um, detailed portrait of a priest who performs more than 100,000 exorcisms in his life. That's a kind of a shitty synopsis. I'd still have the um, the trailer looks really good and I'm I'm pumped for it. I'm I'm definitely gonna watch that one when it comes out. Yeah, this one from INDB says portrayal of real life figure Father Gabriel Moth. So I'm guessing he's a real figure or a real person, or he's based on a real person. A uh, priest who acted as chief exorcist of the Vatican, who has performed more than a hundred thousand exorcisms in his lifetime. Um. Yeah, the the trailer itself is is great. So uh, I have it queued up here. Um, I'll get it going right now. And and everybody, if you want to watch it, uh, check it out on YouTube. Um, I'll have to go back to see what the release dates um, were set for it. Uh, but overall, like it looks really good. So this is a uh, good to listen to it right now. June 4th, you performed an exorcism. That was not an exorcism. He looks so cool. The majority of cases do not require an exorcism. Yeah, he looks old, but he looks so good. I recommended by him to doctors and psychiatrists. So there gangster. is a that needs your attention. Bring me the priest. 
head caution. There are secrets buried there. Is the Vatican sealed? The church has fought against this demon before. The Vatican covered it up. We need to find out why. You replay. You talk to fate. Whatever you do, you only do because God allows it. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, really cool. So we're gonna see it. Um, I didn't know that um, the character um, that Russell Crowe plays was an actual person who existed. Yeah, so I was saying earlier from what I was reading, um, it looked like it was based on an actual person, but I don't know if it was an actual, actual person or if it was like loosely based on, on him. Well, essentially the movie is going to take some liberties. Uh, um, yeah, as, as, all, some, as all movies do. But the, the guy actually... Um, uh, claimed to have performed uh, tens of thousands of exorcisms throughout his life, and uh, he was the founder, uh, along with uh, five other priests, of um, the International Association of Exorcists. Yeah, that's super cool. Um, yeah, I've read a lot on the uh, on these guys who perform exorcisms and like how they uh, have evolved. Um, you know, where it was so secretive uh, where nobody wants to know, you know, or don't want the Vatican didn't want anybody to know that it actually was happening to now they're like advertising it, letting people know that, that they actually have a school there to teach priests, you know, like in that movie, uh, the, um, the devil inside where basically they, they have to figure out before they actually perform an exorcism, you know, is this mental illness? Yeah, um, yeah, a lot of tests have to be done, and uh, yeah. you have to assess things. Yeah, and usually the, the the final word comes from the Vatican, where the, even if they have like the proof that they think it is demonic possession, the Vatican can still just say, "No, we don't, we don't think it is." And then that's where, you know, they have areas like where they took the that um, the uh, mom of that the girl that was doing the docu series um, for the movie. Um, where they have them locked up in a hospital, where they have them like under surveillance, you know, twenty four seven. Basically, have doped them up, you know, to where they're not going to be a, a a hindrance to themselves or to anybody else. Um, just enough to where, you know, they're going to live their life until the body dies. And then, well, I guess once the body dies, that's where they're going to figure out, you know, like you said, you know, even though the body um, may be dead, the demon who's possessing the body, the body's the person's still going to be living. Yeah you know, in one form or another, but, you know, you'll obviously see it decay, you know, to some point, uh, even with the person who's not dead and is possessed, they possess, they, um, they show that, uh, the body starts breaking down because of the possession. Um, you know, it's just, it, all that evil is just like fucking you up from the inside out. Right. Right. Yeah. And it, it will show, it, it will, it will show in your, 
a demeanor, your skin breaking down, the body just decaying. Yeah. All right, so that was our list of uh, movies that have exorcisms in them and the Exorcist series. Um, that was a lot um, from my count. That was a lot of movies. Yeah, I have, um, including the two newest ones that are going to be coming out, The Exorcist 2023 and The Pope's Exorcist, um, there are... 38 movies with exorcisms in them. That includes the Exorcist series. Uh, and then there was two TV series that had dealt with exorcisms, one being the Exorcist TV series and the Constantine series. Although now I'm wrong because um, after this we're moving on to uh, a comic that Olin will, will share with us. Uh, this spun a uh, TV series as well, and this series also has exorcisms in it. So there are 38 movies with exorcisms in them and three television series that deal with exorcisms. Um, and then without further ado, um, we're going to go from our exorcism series of movies and television to um, this comic that Olin wants to tell us about. Well, we're going to have to uh, sort of do like a, like a comparison because... Uh, as we pointed out earlier, uh, y you watched the TV show, which I haven't seen. Uh, yeah, and, and then you read the comic, which I haven't read the, any of the any of that series yet. Right. Uh, I read the first uh, story arc, which is is mostly uh, a setup uh, uh, for what 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 is supposed to come. Uh, from what I was able to glean out of just this first uh, six issues. Um, the the possession is is like a multi possession. There's like multiple demons, and there's like a whole, I guess, cabal of of, of demons. So what we're talking about is um, Outcast, uh, is the name of the comic book, is uh, written by uh, uh, Robert Kirkman, and the art is by Paul Azazeta. Uh, Kirkman, you may recognize from a little TV show and a small and even smaller. Uh, comic book called The Walking Dead. Uh, yeah, yeah. Fairly unknown, you know? Yeah. Um, but same sounds guy. Sounds unfamiliar. Not yeah, sure what, yeah. that, what that's about. It's probably just a fad. Um, and so he is, is basically again, more uh, uh, Robert Kirkman goodness. Um, but this time uh, dealing with uh, demonic possessions. And uh, basically follows the, um, the story of a man called Kyle Barnes, and uh, he gets together with a, uh, a man named John Anderson, who's a, who's a reverend. Uh, so Kyle Barnes has been uh, plagued by uh, demons, not only uh, psychological and emotional demons and the demons that he deals with uh, in his everyday life. Uh, he has a problem with uh, anger. He has to take uh, anger management classes, things like that, uh, because he... Uh, Every time uh, he has like a very short fuse, and there's a lot of violence that's always been in his life, um, and uh, not only demons like that, but also actual demons uh, that uh, are always possessing uh, the people closest to him, the people uh, that he loves the most, uh, and uh, always alienating him from these people. Um, 
He, uh, when we meet him, he's living alone. He's going through a divorce. Um, uh, he wants to see his, his kid, but uh, it makes it impossible because there was a history there of um, domestic violence. So he's dealing with all of these things. Um, meanwhile, uh, we see Reverend John Anderson um, talking to his congregation and uh, also dealing with uh, past uh, exorcisms. Um, he believes that he's uh, performed exorcisms before, and um, that's something that he's very passionate about. Uh, we also meet um, Megan, who is the sister of Kyle, uh, although they make it apparent that they're not like actually blood related, uh, but she considers him her brother. Um, she's married to a cop, um, and uh, they have uh, also um, kids of their own. Uh, then we meet uh, Allison Barnes, who's his estranged wife, and then Amber Barnes, who's his estranged uh, daughter. And then we meet uh, um, a character named Sydney. Uh, who's like um, uh, in the first story arc he's uh, very mysterious we don't know what's going on with him but we kind of get that he's not a very good person uh, there's a, an old lady called Mildred who is possessed and uh, Reverend um, had believed that he had already purged the demon out of her but we come later uh, to find out that she's actually still possessed and basically, the first uh, exorcism that, that we see is uh, that of a little kid, a boy. And um, basically, the exorcism turns so violent that um, the kid actually ends up hurt. And he ends up hurting both the Reverend and Kyle. And um, But uh, the exorcism is successful, so the mom decides not to um, uh, bring charges. When the police show up, they're trying to arrest Kyle, and she's like, no, no, he's the one that <coughs> helped my son. Uh, my son is actually back. So this is the first story arc of the comic series that you're, you're reading? Yeah. So this is the same story so far that um, the TV series is following for season one. I haven't watched season two. There's only two seasons. Okay. Um, but I, I watched almost all of season one. I have one episode left, the last episode. Obviously, I should have watched it, uh, but I fell asleep last night, so I didn't get to watch it all the way through. Um, but yeah, as so far, what Olin's describing in the comic series is the exact same thing that's, happen that's happening in the TV series. Um, there's a couple more uh, elements that happened. Um, but I'll let him continue. Yeah, in the comic book, they show this this part where in the um, in the exorcism, there's like this black cloud that sort of comes out of like the possessed, and Kyle somehow is able to uh, inhale it or absorb it, or just that that's that's sort of how he, he excises the demon out of the person is by sort of inhaling this black like cloud that comes out of them. Uh, apart from the violence that, that it takes for him to actually uh, uh, rattle the, the, the demon out of the body. Um, Interesting, because in the TV show, it's the opposite. So the entities that are possessed, you can actually see them. looks like they're, suck they're trying to 
I don't know what they're sucking out of him, like inhaling from his face. Yeah. Uh, like Harry Potter, you know, the, the, uh, what are those? The Dementors. Yeah, yeah. yeah so how the Dementors are like, looks like they're pulling the soul, they almost look like the soul out of you. Or yeah, yeah. Or, or your essence. Um, so they're doing the same thing in this. Um, what he does is he, when he gets the, the black mass or cloud to come out of the being, um, it like looks like it tries to fight him or get tries to go into him, but it's like repelled, like it doesn't it w- okay. doesn't doesn't have the chance to get into him or or have access to him, and then just eventually evaporates. So he doesn't inhale it or or you know is is breathing it in. Um, it just basically comes out on its own after he does what he does, um, which I'll explain when I do mine. So then he can't repossess the yes. the, the body. Yes, because exactly. because Kyle is there some. Yeah, yeah, he's like a repellent for it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And so once it's out of the body, it dissipates and then disappears. Right, right. Uh, in the comic book, uh, the first time he's uh, able to do this is uh, with his mother. His mother was this abusive lady who would beat him up, and she had sort of some sort of psychosis uh, that that she couldn't deal with. Uh, eventually, uh, when uh, Kyle decides not to take it anymore, not to take one of her beatings anymore. Uh, he fights back and uh, sort of puts her in like a catatonic state. And uh, now she's in um, uh, in an institution where they look after her, but she's just like la- just basically a vegetable. Uh, and uh, they don't know if she's even conscious. It's not a coma, but she's in a catatonic state where she can't speak. She just sort of lays there. Yeah, that's that's a sim- that's similar to the TV series, uh, and uh, t- it wasn't clear to me uh, um, by issue six if she's possessed or he was able to exercise her, but that took a toll on her body, and now that's why she's the way she is. Hmm. So in the TV series, he's able to touch possessed people, and they have a reaction to right, his touch. Right. Is that the same in the comic? Yeah, uh, we don't see it with the mom, but we see this lady called Mildred, who's always like, "Keep that guy away from me! Like, whatever you do, don't bring that guy around because I don't like him." And then we see a scene where she 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 stumbles and is about to fall, and and Kyle tries to uh, uh, lift her up. Yeah, that's when that's he, when, he, when, when he touches her, she's like, ah, and uh, yeah, she freaks out. Right, right. Uh, and then uh, by the end of the uh, the story arc, we meet a guy named Norvo, who's the the Kyle's neighbor, next door neighbor, and they have like a friendly sort of relationship. And uh, Norvo lets Kyle borrow his car and things like that. Uh, and uh, Kyle comes back to uh, thank him for his friendship and. Uh, we see that he's no, no longer there. And we see a guy named Sidney who claims to be his brother and claims that Norval passed away in his sleep and that he's just, uh, he's just there to uh, get his, uh, his things in order um, because of the passing of his brother. Um, but we also uh, get to see this guy, Sidney, uh, talk to Mildred and uh, they have some sort of connection. But when they talk, it's like, it's not them. It's it, it gave me the impression that it was the demons talking to each other. Mm. And uh, we also see him visit 
Kyle's mom at the at the place where she's at and uh, telling her that now they have him. And that's the end of the story. Wow. In the comic. So uh, up to the almost last episode of season one, um, same thing. So that we find um, so in the TV series, Patrick Fugit, um, you know him as the uh, kid from Almost Famous, uh, was writing the article yeah. for Rolling Stone. That's right. Um, he's a little more grown up now. Uh, he plays the main character, Kyle Barnes. Uh, as we first find him, he's in his. Uh, we don't know where he's at. Like he's in a house that's just littered with trash. Um, just looks like he just doesn't give a fuck. Um, you know, has looks like he just gave up. You know, it's just that's the kind of like he's sleeping on the floor. Um, yeah, he lives in his mom's old house, right? Yeah, yeah. So we find that we find out that that's his old house um, from his mom uh, because of how mean and evil she was. Um, what we get from the TV series is that she, uh, not only does she like yell at him and, and try to beat him, but that she locks him in the closet. Like there's a pan or a pantry. So there's a pantry in the kitchen. Um, so she throws him inside of there and locks him in there. Um, and so, uh, like you said, he finally one day had had enough, um, and had, uh, basically got gotten to be free uh and then yeah somehow had uh, got her to where he knocked her either unconscious or down and then like uh, that priest um Ms. Uh, john anderson um supposedly helped uh exercise the demon out of her and then like yeah she's in a catatonic state pretty much the entire um uh first season um She's in a hospital. At one point, uh, he he was finally like you know getting himself back together, and because he's going on all these missions with the uh, with John Anderson to exercise people or to make sure that they're still exercised, um, and he kind of uh, he decides that he doesn't want his mom being in the hospital, and he takes her home, and then like. Then the priest comes by and he's basically like yelling at him. He's like, you know, what the fuck do you think you're gonna do? You're gonna take care of your mom. She's got you know 24-hour care at this place, and you know you're not gonna be able to afford that type of care or not afford. You're not gonna be able to provide that type of care for her. So then they end up uh, taking her back um, to the hospital um, without you know charges being pressed against them. But he, yeah, because of um, because of his situation with his uh, ex-wife and, and kid, um, I don't know, I can't, uh, oh, it's the ex-wife. The ex-wife um, basically is uh, separated from him because he and the priest had to exercise the demon out of her. Um, she was possessed, and then he beat the demon out of her. Right. Um, and then so, because people don't understand the exorcism part, um, and the priest couldn't, you know, couldn't really get the people to understand uh, his side of the story. Um, now he's got this uh, four pot against him in the town. Like everybody in the town fucking hates him. Doesn't want anything to do with him. Like when they're like see him, they're like, "Oh, that's Kyle Barnes." Like they know who he is right off yeah, the bat. The wife beater. Yeah. So I mean, it's not said, but you can see it on their face and their and their body language. You know, like he's very standoffish to everybody. 
Um, and that's why he kind of, I guess, separated himself um, as that person. Yeah, also I think it feels <coughs> like if somebody becomes close to him, the demons are going to want to target that person, right? Mm, I, didn't can I didn't get that from the first season. Okay. So maybe in the second season uh, when I watch it, but um, I won't know until I you know, to see it. But as for like the first season, I don't see that at all. Um, and his sister, um, who's played by Ren Schmidt, um, she plays Megan Holter. Um, and you're right, she is not his sister by blood. So after the mom was put in a catatonic state, he was put in one of those uh, homes, you know, wayward uh, homes for children. Okay. Um, and they ended up being adopted not i guess not adopted together but he was put in a home with her um and because they he lived there for so long with her like they you know eventually just thought of each other as brother and sister because yeah. you know that's they're in a, a two family society a two family uh environment you know there's a mother and a father and then they have all these kids so obviously they're all going to be your you know your foster your brother and kids and sisters and and stuff um but she obviously became very close to him because she still is looking out after him. Um, she was checking in on him um, before he started, you know, cleaning himself up and going on these runs with the with the with the father. Um, and then, yeah, so he basically uh, tried to befriend Kyle to help him on his journey because now he's thinking that everybody that he has um, exercised has not actually been exercised. So he, right. he's trying to do a, a, a redo uh, on all these people. So right. he's taking Kyle with him since Kyle has this, you know, touch. So Ability, when, yeah. yeah, when he touches people, um, he's able to see if they're still possessed or not because these people freak out when he, like, touches any part of their, their skin with his skin. Um, <coughs> and then um, the... The way he gets the the demons out is through his blood in the TV show. So oh, it's not it's not so much like his touch or him beating the demon out of out of people. Oh, so if it um, gets bloody, uh, yeah. So he he was uh, with the kid. He got cut. So that first exorcism that he was doing with the with the priest or with that father um, on that little boy, or the mom didn't press charges because you know his, her son got freed from the demon. Yeah. Um, he got cut, and then the blood somehow got in the kid's mouth and then they that's where you see that black cloud and smoke um come out of the of the kid and it's like all over the room trying to find you know another host basically okay. is what it looked like and then like kyle's basically there to to be the block you know he was the cock block for yeah. for it to you know <laughs> not not jump in the priest or get back into the in the kid's you know body and then because it's out of the body for i'm guessing for so long of a period of time um, and it just evaporates. It dissipates, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, because it can't maintain a solid form, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Um, the neighbor, Norville, he um, gets in contact with Kyle. Um, Kyle, I guess, needs a car and goes over and talks to him because he's offered his car, I think, once before um, is what the, the story arc was, was telling us. And then we kind of see them, you know, talking and, and trying to be friends and stuff like that. And so he borrows his car a couple times, um, and then on the last time that he borrows his car, um, I think he went to go try to either borrow it again, or he saw like there was a light on in the house, like late night, and he went over to go talk to him. And as he entered the uh, his domicile, um, 
he was laying on a chair um, and looked like uh, he had uh, committed suicide. Oh, okay. <coughs> you actually see the body and everything. Yeah, you see the body. Okay. You see the blood on the floor. Um, you see there's a note. So the story with him is that his wife had just recently passed away. Um, so I'm guessing that he was, you know, heartbroken from his loss. Yeah. Um, uh, and then was probably reaching out to Kyle to be a friend. And I think Kyle eventually decided that he would be friends with him, you know, um, hang out with him, talk to him and those type of things. And I think he went over to go check on him being, you know, that this is his new friend and then found him. Oh, man. And then that um, Brent uh, Spiner's character, um, Sydney. So Sydney's portrayed by Brent Spiner. We all know him from Star Trek The Next Generation. He played Data, yep. uh, among other things that he was in. Um, but he plays this uh, mysterious uh, preacher-looking character. Not necessarily a preacher. Um, he was portrayed as in the, uh, in the TV series. Although in the outline of the main cast, it, it says he's a mysterious preacher, but he was never preaching anything uh, in this first season. Yeah. Um, <coughs> he shows up at the funeral uh, claiming to be a friend of him and then going through his stuff at his house and basically just taking up residence in the, in the house um, as a place to stay because he's there for uh, Kyle and, and whatever plan that that is going on um he has interactions with the mildred character um and i i understand what you're saying it does seem like the two entities that are in the bodies were talking to each other opposed yeah. to um sydney and mildred talking to right, each other right. uh, mildred's daughter is very uh standoffish doesn't want anybody really talking to her mom um doesn't believe in the whole exorcism thing, you know, thinks it's all BS and just thinks her mom's just looking for attention. Um, he's got a restraining order against him from his wife and kid. Um, he's trying to, <coughs> he's trying to find a way to reconcile with his wife so he could be with his kid again, um, to have both of them in his life. Uh, asks the sister to try and be involved into it and you know she volunteers a little bit and then when the wife is very like standoffish and like no you know I don't want anything to do with it and then she tells him you know she said no and I'm not going to push the envelope anymore you know that was it that was your chance but uh, because of sh her possession you know now he thinks that she might have you know the possession in her still that the, the priest didn't do his job <coughs> yeah, so he like he's gonna be like one uh, part of one of the redos. That's maybe what in the future. Yeah, that's what they're thinking. But he's like he's saying fuck everybody else, you know, fuck your list. Um, and he was like, and he went to her house. He like broke his, you know, his um, his restraining order, um, yeah. and yeah. then found a way to to you know touch her like her arm, grab her arm to see how she would react and. He was kind of iffy because he didn't really know. Um, and then she shows up at his house like um, later that week and then they talk and like um, they hug. And, you know, that's when he realizes that she's not possessed. Um, mm -hmm. But it seems like there's a possession that might be happening with the daughter um, that either she's possessed, like maybe it jumped from her to the daughter or um, the daughter is being possessed slowly because we see 
different things and weird things with the daughter um, that just kind of don't add up. Yeah. But if you think about it, then it does kind of add up um, where they, they could be possessions. But like I said, I haven't seen the last episode, so I can't really be for sure. Yeah. You know. Plus, they're they're uh, they're continuing characters um, through the series through both both seasons. So uh, the story arc could be going further into the next season. Um, <coughs> the uh, cop, oh. the cop that's the uh, sister's uh, husband, he's kind of an asshole. Yeah, he it gave me the impression that he did not like Kyle at all. Yeah, does not like Kyle um, at all. Even yeah. though Kyle was the one, uh, so there was an instance that happened in the house of the fostering um, with her and another kid, and Kyle was the one who basically oh, right. was the the buffer between the two. So he basically got his ass beat, you know, from this kid, but pr- was there to protect her yeah. uh, from anything happening to her. So he like. You hear him talk about how he slept in the room with her, like on the floor next to her bed, so that way the the other kid wouldn't come in and you know right. do whatever he was doing or was going to do um, to her. So that's how she feels like she's you know connected to him. Do you, do you see him again in the in the TV series? Who the guy? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. he is also he's uh, it's a it's a big story arc um, with her. Um, and her story. Uh, he comes, he comes back to town, right? At some point. Yeah, yeah, he comes back to town. He's another guy that's like trying to make amends <coughs> and uh, that's what try it's to, uh, that's what it seems like. But she's so she's so messed up from it, like she can't see that. And then the husband, who's you know, he's a cop, so he's got that fucking that macho ego. Um, he stops the guy outside of town because the guy decides that he's just. She tells him to leave, and he finally like just heeds, you know, what she says, and packs up and leaves. And then he like stops the guy outside of town because he found out what happened, and he was the guy. Yeah. And uh, just basically just pummeled him to death, not to death, but like pummeled him to put him in the hospital. Yeah, beats him up. (coughs) And then he calls her, and then she goes to the hospital where he's at, and he's like, "Yeah, your husband did this to me." And she's (laughs) like, "Bullshit." And then she has to like confront him and, and be like, "Why'd you do this?" Yeah. Um, and then uh, there is the chief of police. He's got a big story arc. Um, he is a character actor too, uh, Reg E. Kathy. Um, I- you would know him from the second Fantastic Four movie. He played the oh father yeah. of uh, Sue and um, Johnny Storm. Yeah. Okay. So he was the uh, he was the actor who played their father. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <coughs> yeah, and he's he's been in a lot of stuff. Um, really good, really good actor. Um, but he's uh, he's putting together um, his own thing. So he, him, the priest, or not the priest, the father, John Anderson, and then the the chief of what would you call fire chief. So there's chief of police and the fire chief. Um, so they all play poker together, um, and it's like a regular thing. So that's one of the scenes that, that you see them playing. Um, so there's something going on with the fire chief, um, and then so the police, of the chief of police, is putting together um, an investigation uh, that has him, the chief, the fire chief, uh, at the center of it. So this guy has been friends for a very long time. 
something's going on, and obviously he didn't involve the, the police chief um, in it. Uh, so now he's thinking that he's hiding some shit, and he's like trying to <coughs> he's trying to uh, piece it together, and uh, you know, not letting the the fire chief know that he's like you know doing an investigation on him. So that's another story arc that's happening in in this first season. Okay, so there's, there's a, a few more uh, subplots. <coughs> yeah, there's quite a few subplots uh, happening in the in the in season one uh, amongst um, the actual uh, exorcisms that are happening with uh, with Kyle and and uh, Father Anderson. But overall, um, a great series. Um, yeah, it sounds like I, it. I would definitely recommend it. Um, and from what you described from the comics, uh, it sounds like they're pretty well uh, in comparison. You know, obviously with you know TV and movies, they like we said earlier, there's liberties. Yeah. Um, you know, they change a few things to make it a little more interesting. Um, yeah, like that scene with the with <coughs> the guy in the in the comic book, they both beat him. Well, first uh, Kyle finds him first and punches him in the mouth, and uh, the cop. Uh, the cop guy, uh, the husband, comes in like, "What the fuck is going on?" He's at first, he tries to arrest Kyle, but then he sees the other guy and he's like, "Oh, is that the guy?" And Kyle's like, "Yeah, that's the guy." And so it, that's when he pummels him. So a little bit, a little bit different, but yeah. So you know. that scene in the in the TV series is she tells her husband about that guy because they're on their date night. Um, and then the guy just happens to recognize her at the at the restaurant. Oh. And then she was just, like, freaking out. So Kyle was not involved at Kyle all? Kyle was not involved. And okay. then she didn't say anything to the cop or to her husband. Um, and then I forgot how it was brought up. Um, I, don't, I don't know if she brought it up or it was brought up out of... Somehow it was brought up where she just tells him about it. And then says, yeah, that guy was the guy. Mm. And then he pulls into town, sees Kyle walking, tells Kyle to get in the car. They go to a bar, sit down at the bar, and then he tells Kyle to tell him all about that guy and what happened. Oh. So Kyle, you know, tells him. Tells you the story. Yeah, tells you the story. That's where you get, that's where you get, because she didn't tell him, you know, all about Kyle um, being her protector type deal. Uh, and then sleeping in the room, you know, making sure that he didn't come back in there or anything like that. Um, and then he finds that out. So now he's got a whole new picture of Kyle, like, oh, maybe you're not an asshole. Yeah, yeah. You know, but still iffy about, you know, what he did to his wife. Yeah. But as for, like, you know, his wife, his wife, um, you know, he was, like, looking at him in a, in a whole new light. Um, okay. And then that's where he's, like, that's where you see his mind going, like, oh, I'm going to find this guy and, you know, beat the shit out of him. Right. And that's what you see. You see you see him pulling him over. You see him pulling him out of the car and then just beating the shit out of him. <laughs> Damn. All right. Yeah. So really interesting, really cool. Um, and then with uh, Sydney's character, um, uh, I don't know if he's a demon or the devil. I could take it as either or the way yeah. they're portraying him in the TV series. Uh, he could either be, you know, the devil incarnate himself, or he could be just a really high up demon, right. you know, that, that the other possessed uh, souls, you know, are, are going to, yeah, sort know. of like a general, yeah, 
in in a, in a, in a <coughs> demon army. Yeah. So he's the guy. He's the guy in control. And he's the guy in power right now. Yeah. Uh, that that you know has has you know all the other ones answering to him. Um, so that's where we're at with the TV series. So that's cool. Yeah. Well, now I, I really want to watch the TV series. Uh, yeah. It yeah. Looks like a, it looks like it's a it's a good adaptation. Yeah, I can't wait to read the comics too because I'd I'd like to see the, you know, the comparison between the two, like how you explained it. Um, obviously, there's some subtle differences. Um, I mean, there's some there's some big differences, but yeah, I'd like to see you know how much of of season one is actually in that story arc, you know, and and then how many of the other story arcs you know are in season one, yeah. um, because there's some stuff that you didn't describe that you know that are, were in uh, season one that you didn't say that were in the comics so yeah the way you describe <coughs> it it sounds like because i read this story arc uh i hunted down the uh the single issues the first six uh but i also saw this uh, hardcover that collects issues one through twelve which the way the way you describe the the, the pacing of the of the seasons it looks like season one and two are going to be the first twelve issues which you can get just all in one edition one hardcover edition um wherever books can be found yeah that's how i'm talking to buy it i won't buy the individuals i'll just buy the one trade yeah. one trade it's too much it's too much work <laughs> finding all the all the individual issues yeah especially this was a release back in 2014 yeah they're, they're still around but yeah it, it's better to just grab i feel like this uh story uh, in general would benefit from like a like an omnibus that just collects the whole thing 40 what is it 48 issues uh, i think I if you're yeah. able to just read them uh all together it's better than uh collecting the even just the trade paperbacks i think just the whole thing collected would, would be really great yeah well awesome yeah uh, i suggest uh, you guys go check it out um if you could find it uh it's actually being sold on amazon as uh, season one and season two you can purchase it there you could probably find it on download um you could probably look it up online to see if it's actually being uh aired anywhere else it originally ran on uh cinemax um filmed in a uh, 1080i uh format so what year did it come out in? Uh, 2016. So it came out two years after the the uh, the comic uh, came out. So not bad. Uh, two or two seasons, 20 episodes. So there's 10 episodes per season. Um, you know, great cast. Uh, story arc right now is really, really well um, well off. I, I quite enjoyed season one. I can't wait to finish it uh, with that last episode. And then. Um, check out season two so that was uh, outcast tv series and comics um you have anything else for uh exorcism movies or exorcist series i was listening to a band that uh that you recognize marduk and one of their uh one of their songs uses the uh uh the sound clip from the first exorcism <coughs> movie the the scene the masturbation scene the scene everybody hates <laughs> uh, and uh, they uh, they used it as part of their song and I thought it was really cool that's cool but yeah uh, just to finalize I wanted to give my scores for the for the movie the uh, the exorcism movies 
Um, obviously, the first one, that's that's a five out of five stabs for me. Uh, Exorcist 2, um, I gave it a two out of five stabs. That's what I would say, probably two. Because it was, it was somewhat interesting. Well, it, well, I, okay, it was creative, not yeah. interesting. It was creative, but other than that, it just fell short. Yeah. Um, for number three, I gave it three out of five. And uh, Exorcist the Beginning, I gave it a two out of five. Oh, wow. And then uh, Dominion? Well, that's the one uh, That's the one I did not watch. Oh, okay. Yeah, I stopped at uh, Exorcist the Beginning. Got this it. This is where I fell off. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, there you have it. Uh, that's our take on uh, Exorcist and the Exorcism movies. Um... We also like to touch on a couple other things. So uh, if you're into horror like we are, obviously you're listening to our podcast. Uh, you can uh, watch a lot of good scary movies, horror movies, thrillers, supernaturals uh, all the time uh, through Shudder.com. Uh, Shudder.com is a subscription-based uh, entity that you can watch all these movies on. You can have a, a seven-day free trial for it. Uh, otherwise, uh, plans start at $4.75 a month where you can cancel at any time. Uh, we are not being sponsored by this, but I did think uh, that you guys should know about it. If you don't know, now you know. And we've been touching on this every podcast. Uh, Slasher.tv is a horror app. Uh, similar to uh, like Twitter um, and it's going to be close to like Facebook um, in that aspect and then they're going to be doing a social network that's going to be almost uh, on comparison to like Facebook uh, coming up here in the winter uh, so if you go on there you can you can put your name and your email address and send it to them let them know that you're interested they're trying to compile enough people to see if it's even worth building or not um but they're overall right now through the app itself um they have quite the following and there's a lot of people and i've been adding people to my uh account uh almost on a daily basis you know ones onesie twosies here and there um but it's it's cool you know all these people are really interesting um you know it's just it's it's a horror network for people who love horror um, so if you're into it and you want to uh, check it out, um, slasher.tv, uh, it's available at the App Store or on the Play Store um, for both your phones and for your um, uh, tablets and iPads. And then um, For all of our social media, uh, if you want to follow us, um, we are on Instagram, we are on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Tumblr. You can uh, listen to the podcast on YouTube. Uh, you can follow the podcast on all podcasting networks. Um, easiest way to get to it is on anchor.fm which now has uh, changed their name to uh, Spotify by or podcast by Spotify. Um, or you can go right to our website. Um, and then on our website, we have uh, Last Rites. And when you click on that, that brings up all of the episodes of our podcasts. Um, and then our website is www.thehorrorscene.com. Also there we have... Um, a rating system 
for our movies. Um, at least this is mine. I still got to figure out uh, a lens and put his on here because it's not fair just to have mine on here um, as a bias. So um, my top 10 horror movies right now, uh, since we spoke about The Exorcist, uh, is listed at number five. Um, but I'll get a lens compiled on here and that way we have both of ours so you guys can compare. Um, if you have uh, different likes or different uh, uh, top 10 lists, you can always send it in to us at any of our social media outlets. Um, or you can go on to our website where the uh, death certificate drop down is and then uh, leave your comment with uh, your top 10 list there. Uh, music for our podcast is brought to you by a band named Zao, uh, Z-A-O. You can find them online, uh, Zao Online. And um, to our unofficial sponsor, uh, Liquid Death, we would like to salute you guys. Um, we try to uh, give you guys a shout out at every uh, podcast that we can. Um, Liquid Death has branched out um, with more options now. Not only do they have their mountain water and sparkling water, which are in their black and white cans, but they added another flavor of sparkling water. Um, remember how we talked about they have Buried Alive, Mango Chainsaw, and Severed Lime? Well, now they have a new one called Convicted Melon. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And um, so those are just the, the sparkling waters um, with the flavors, but they've also branched out upon uh, once more with uh, teas. So they have three new teas out there. Um, the first is, I'm guessing it's a black tea. We really couldn't figure it out, but we think it's a black tea. It's called Grim Leafer. And then they have a peach tea, which is called Rest in Peach. And then they have their version of the Arnold Palmer, which is called Armless Palmer. Uh, all the artwork on the boxes is super cool, uh, and all the cans are unique looking. All the cans are different colors. So it seems like they're going through the rainbow here, um, you yeah. know, making all their, all their different flavors. It looks awesome, especially the artwork, the artwork for that uh, uh, Rest in Peach. Uh, it looks like something I would like to get tattooed or something. It, it looks really cool. Yeah, yeah, it's super cool. Uh, yeah, all the boxes have uh, an uh, original artwork on the back of them. So on one side has the uh, the logo of what the can is, and on the back side it has some kind of uh, artwork. Um, and I'm not sure who does their artwork or if these are uh, individually contracted uh, artists that do them. But it, you know. Yeah, they're amazing. Yeah, hats off to you guys uh, for that because that's super cool. Uh, it's a very interesting looking, um, you know, and it's it's not the n the run of the norm uh, looking box. You know, it's it's cool that you guys took the time to do something you know different with your guys' stuff to to make you stand apart. Um, which also they stand apart too uh, by wanting everybody to recycle. Um, that's the key. So you know, death to plastic. Make sure you guys murder your thirst. Um, with these cans, because uh, these are uh, these are all aluminum cans that are easily recyclable, as to where plastic is not. Um, and their hashtag is death to plastic. Um, they donate ten percent of all their profits. Um, so th uh, for every can uh, sold to help kill plastic pollution. So do your guys's part, um, especially the horror community. 
uh, this is a cool can for that. Uh, even in, like in the rock community, uh, this is you know pretty much the staple at every rock show um, that you go to. You know, if you're looking for water, they don't do bottled water anymore. At least most places don't. The, everything's like the the cans of of water. Um, this was a big thing too. Like during the hurricanes, I see a lot of like uh, companies like Budweiser. They'll uh, they'll instead of you know canning their their beer, they're canning water and sending it to those locations uh, for for first aid and, and for help. So that's I'm, awesome. Uh, yeah, I'm guessing that's probably where maybe they got the idea from, or it was inspired loosely on that. Um, but yeah, you know, easily recyclable can um, doesn't fuck up the community or the the environment. Um, it's you know it's just it's a no brainer. So here's DU Liquid Death. <coughs> Liquid death, mountain water. That's right. Death the plastic, murder your thirst. All right. <coughs> like I hope you guys liked uh, listening to the podcast today, all about exorcisms. If you guys have any comments or, uh, or requests or criticisms and stuff like that, Please drop us a line. Let us know uh, that you're out there and you're listening. Uh, let all your friends know uh, about the uh, about the podcast. Um, just remember to stay creepy, keep it spooky. So from our grave to yours, these have been your last rites. last.